Don't even. He was there, goddammit, and he was wearing your jacket, Barry. But where'd he go? Did the crabs carry him away? I, I swear to God. I believe you, He took the body. He came here. He took the body. Why would he do that? I don't know, Barry. Okay, why would he try to run you over? Why did he make coleslaw on Helen's head? He's fucking with us. Come on, Julie. Let's go back to the house. Where's your jacket, Barry? Don't you see? He's got us now. Okay, this is exactly what he wants. We can't go to the police. Not now. He's made sure of that. He's just out there and he's watching us and waiting. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. It is episode 118. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today's episode is... I know what you drank last summer. Yes, yes. I drank... Damn, did you hear that? That was was sexy. That was good. That was good. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. Do you remember what you drank last summer? Like, what was your... Did we have a drink of choice last summer? I was drinking a lot of Moscow Mules last summer. Yeah? Yeah, because Always a good choice. Because, oh yeah, it's very refreshing. Uh, Not too far off from what we're drinking tonight, Mm. by the way. Uh... But uh, we got some new copper mugs last summer, and so we had to drink out of those a lot. I, get, I mean, because when you get new glass, there, yeah. glass, glassware, glass, glassware, when you get new glassware, <laughs> <laughs> you have to use them. Yeah, otherwise it's like neglectful, right? I was also it's drinking. Just, it's just rude not to use them. I also I stopped drinking pop a lot last summer, so I was doing um, Lacroix mixed with different for all you liquors. Southerners. That means soda. Oh, pop, yeah. Soda, <laughs> soda pop, sodies. Some oat sodas. No, not oat sodas. That's beer. <laughs> you did not stop drinking the oat soda. I did not sure. stop drinking oat sodas. What did you drink last summer? Uh, Whatever you were drinking, probably, that's, because I was... <laughs> that is accurate, because you're always over. Pretty much. What about you? What did you drink last summer? Pure gasoline. Pure. I drank it all summer. I, I was on fire. <laughs> It was awesome. That I Justin's had, on fire. I had, I had a real fire summer, bro. <laughs> it was real lit. Dude's <laughs> blazing. Oh, I just, you're such a man. Speaking what? of drinking gasoline, I watched a David Blaine video the other day. Yeah. Where he does this trick called the regurgitator, mm-hmm. where he can drink like like it's like four pitchers of water, and then he can like puke on command, but it's a steady stream, oh, and so it's like a fire extinguisher. <laughs> but he does part of the trick where he'll fill his whole stomach with water, but then he'll drink a uh, like a glass uh-huh. of uh, kerosene. Yeah. Kerosene, I think it's kerosene. Kerosene, yeah. And the reason that he can do it is because all that water. Is, oh, it sits on top. It sits on top of it because it's less dense, <clears throat> and in, he, and then what he does. Your... Well, he regurgitates it really quickly, like oh. into a, into a flame, and starts a fire, and then puts <laughs> it out all in the same breath. Like it's it's pretty fucking cool. That if you like, if if for some reason you uh, stopped <clears throat> midstream, like if you oh. like kind of caught or something, I imagine the flame would probably follow the liquid up to your your. It very, throat. very well could. And then you would spontaneously, well, not spontaneously, but you would combust. Maybe not with the kerosene, because it's a little slower burn than, like, the the gasoline would be. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't really know too much about the burning properties of kerosene. <laughs> it, um... That's why I've, that's why I've never attempted the, uh, you know, like, guys will put, uh, like, 151 in their mouth and then... Pfft, 
like oh, spit it no, into I a flame. I like my face. Thank you very yeah, much. I yeah, would burn my, I would burn my entire face off, and I would walk around looking like pulled pork for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. That is exactly what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did that the uh, this fall when we were uh, up north camping, and the the wood was wet, and it was these giant logs that mm-hmm. were previously burned, and and so I poured some gasoline on there, lighted a little bit, dart back, you know, and take the gas can and dumping it back on, <laughs> and the just a couple little dribbles that came back yep. outside of the fire pit. Whew, it just follows sure. that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa! Yeah, it's hey now, mm-hmm. guy I used it's to quick, live with. Dude. Guy I used to live with was using gas to start a bonfire because <laughs> pussy. And uh, and and like he poured gasoline onto hot coals. And I'm like, you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. No, it's fine. It's fine. He does it. Sure as shit, that flame goes right up into the gas can. It was a plastic gas can, luckily, so it wasn't going to explode. Mm-hmm. If it was metal, then you basically <clears throat> just created a bomb. No, gas but, um, Gas doesn't explode. No, but the metal, but the metal though, burns the fumes. And if it's metal, there's no escape of... There's, there, there, it would there's still, science it would still, behind it. It would still escape out the spout. Yeah, there's 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 like a science behind it though. Plastic, whatever. No. Point no, cause is, the whole because the, the whole idea that you can shoot a gas tank and make it explode—that's a myth. Well, they, I know I know that you can't shoot it and make it explode. Well, I thought there was still like a combustible element though to it being I think a metal it's just can. The gas, no. Well, regardless of which, the whole gas can goes up and he just throws it. <laughs> I was actually threw I got there after that happened cuz yeah, I got because I got I there him, I got there while, while your lawn was still scorching. Well, I called him that he was an absolute idiot. I went inside and got my fire extinguisher and he's looking at me like, "Oh, you don't need that." I'm like, "I don't want my backyard to be black. Thank you very much." So I'm just nonchalantly just fire extinguishing my backyard cuz he's so this, an idiot. This was outside? Yeah, summertime. Yeah. Yes, this was outside. My backyard. Did you think of, in his did you think of um, grabbing your garden hose and turning the water on? No, because you don't put gas fires out with water; it spreads them. Did you I, not know that? In, in, I think. In your, did, I think did you not grass? know that? No, I think that's grease fires. Yeah, that's grease fires. And gas fires do too. I don't think that's so. why in gas stations they have specialty uh, like CO two or whatever. It's like a special thing. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, gas. Gas will spread if you. You got to. You got to choke out the flame. Well, stay they, tuned on Tuesday evenings for our ner- our nerd podcast of uh, Bill Nye the <laughs> Mike Mike guy the science guy. <laughs> we should start a, a science podcast where we just uh, we we whack scientific with no knowledge. It's called Three Guys. Three <laughs> no, Guys no. eating fries. We're just we're gonna no eat oh, fries. Crack fries. Crack fries. No, no more. I can't say crack fries anymore. No, can't do no. that. That is a travesty, by Damn the way. Damn you, Hopcat. That's so stupid. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. le- so there's a... If you don't know, we have a... They're only in Michigan, right? I don't know, actually. I think there's 12 of them, and they're 12 or 15 and they're in Michigan. There's this uh, a brewery or brew pub or whatever the, the hell you want to call pub. it. Yep. It's called Hopcat. Great beer. Great food. Amazing food. But they have uh, crack fries. They call them crack fries. And the reason they call them that is because you can't eat just 70. <laughs> like you, you will eat at least more than seventy of them because they're delicious, and also because they're garnished with cracked pepper. Mm-hmm. But they just released a statement what yesterday, something like that. It was yesterday or the day before. But they're like changing that. the name of crack fries because they realize that it's insensitive to uh, to crackheads. Pe- yeah, it's insensitive to people <laughs> who struggle with addiction. And then they apologized for any of the the pain and suffering that they caused with this name. You know, I bet you somebody walked in and someone was like. I'll have an order of crack fries. And somebody behind them like, oh, me too. And they got super crazy. Like, oh my God, they're calling me too on us. <laughs> and that's why they and that's why they changed the name. It was a whole huge misunderstanding. That's, that's, that's. Well, the way I, I looked at it. I, <laughs> that's my narrative. <laughs> the way I was, because I was taught, uh, I was, it was Aaron's cousin who mentioned something about it yesterday. And I was like, 
The irony of this situation is it's a brew pub. Brew pubs sell booze, alcohol, which is a highly addictive drug. <laughs> so, what? What? Yeah, it's not no, the. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. I like, always thought they're stop. I always thought they were called crack fries because when like the waiters bend over, you like you shoot hoops in their in their butt <laughs> cracks. Shoot into that's the crack. <laughs> crack fry. I could see if it was like the uh, local Metro Detroit uh, elementary school. No, and they're selling their new crack fries <laughs> sure. on the hot lunch menu. But <laughs> but a twenty-one and up uh, uh, establishment serving of the booze. Make sure you grab yourself some meth milk while you're going through <laughs> while you're going through line. It's like a Chappelle show skit, like in the making. It's like. These fries are so good. What's up? Oh, that's all the crack. <laughs> uh, so what have you guys? Show. So, uh, yeah, right? Welcome to 2004. Pulling back. So, so what you guys have going on this past <laughs> week, man? Uh, well, we went to the Christmas party. Yeah. Yes. And uh, were, you Michael? Guys, were you guys there? Yeah. Michael? I don't remember much. Uh... Michael, I'm giving oh. you a, I'm giving you a golf clap. Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, thank you. Mike Mike absolutely killed. Killed the tenderloin this year. He in, didn't, in a good way. Yeah, it's, like, it's like saying bad as in good. Like it's yes. like the power glove. It's so bad. It was it, done he well. He didn't literally. Yes, it was done well instead of well done this mm-hmm. year. Uh, he didn't literally kill it. I I he bought it already killed, but then he I, cooked it to perfection. I skinned it myself too, though. You, you yeah. I did, but uh, yes, I um, very well done. I no very 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 done well. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing. I uh, I cooked it perfectly, and yep. it wasn't without its bumps in the road. Though there is the 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 problem was I had one of those electronic thermometers mm-hmm. that like has the um, you know it's got the little the cord that hangs out of the oven. You get the thermometer that you can walk around with. Right. Well, that was off by like twenty degrees. Yeah. And so I pulled it out at one twenty, mm-hmm. let it rest. It should be back up to one thirty. Perfect, right? Right. Uh, well, we took it out at 120, and you come over, and you're, like, squeezing my meat. Mm. And you're just like, this doesn't feel... As hard as it usually should yeah. be. Yeah, like, this because, should be a little bit more firm. It's yeah, there's, pretty... w- there's one thing that I have learned over the years, and it's I know when Mike's meat is done simply by how firm it is. Sure. And uh, the... and I f- it, felt, it felt iffy. I And I agreed that I took the old-school thermometer, and I... Poked it into the end, and it was only a hundred degrees. <laughs> and you were like, "Well, which one's which?" And it took the the meatless plant connoisseur over here <laughs> to walk over and go, "Well, take that metal one, let it cool off because it's been baking in the oven along with that meat, and then let it cool off to zero or below that ninety or whatever, and then stick it back stick in your it back meat, in your meat. It shouldn't. It shouldn't have mattered. But then it, it ended up have. going from like ninety degrees to like one thirty-five. We're like, yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> so. We ended up putting it back in, I think, for like 10 minutes or five minutes, whatever six it was. Six minutes. Six minutes. That's what I said. Six we minutes. It, we pulled it back out and uh, let it rest. And by the time we cut into it, it was a celebration. It was actually a have, celebration. Somebody has video of it. Maybe it was just on Snapchat or something where there was video of us celebrating when I cut into it. The room came alive. If, uh, it was, if I can it was, find it. It was exciting. If I can find it, I will put it on the, the Buzzkill Instagram. Yes, it's sir. Pretty, it's pretty funny, but... And we had a lot of other good food, tons of wine, only 14 and a half bottles this year. 14 and a half bottles. Which, what that says to me is because roommate Jen could not drink this mm-hmm. year because of her pregnancy. Uh, so she's good for one and a half bottles. She's good typically. for one and a half. Yep. So, yeah, that would have that would have pretty much put us right at the pace of last we had, year. We did have one extra person this year. Oh, did we? Oh, so somebody wasn't pulling their weight. Right? Bullshit. Or was all of us. Yeah. Well, I drank a lot of eggnog at the beginning of the night, ah, too. See, that, that was it. Hmm. Fucking Brian brought over eggnog and whiskey it was super, to, to a wine party. It was that, delicious, the problem. Though. Come on, it was good. It was homemade eggnog. 
Very nice. Yeah, but, but the rest of the party was great. The food was great. I had some of your vegan shepherd's pie. That was delicious. Thank you. And uh, yeah, great night. A lot it of fun. It ended up being a fantastic night. We, uh, I said this in our little uh, group thing. We are a dysfunctional group at times. Mm-hmm. But I will be damned if we can't throw a good party every once in a while. And luckily, there was no meat in Jen's curtains this year. Mm. Yep. So that is... Meatless curtains. That's uh, that's always well, a good. Well, for another couple a, weeks at least. It's always a good Sunday. <laughs> it was it was also my birthday. Uh, it, was, yeah, it was your birthday. <laughs> we <laughs> celebrated. I uh, it was my birthday and it was our party and I DD'd people home to make sure they got home safe. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you drive home? Chris and Nicole. Oh, a oh, couple friends of ours. And uh, <clears throat> you DD'd people and he BD'd the entire party. I BD'd. I you black donged the entire party. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> I did, uh, this is a long, it's kind of a long story. Long story short, there's a giant black dildo in my Christmas tree right now. That's all you need to know. Homemade, by the way, a homemade homemade. large black dildo. So I I take pride in that. Um, I actually feel more proud of that than the fake rocking horse that I made. (laughs) I thought the rocking horse was awesome. Thank you. It didn't really hold up, though. Yeah. Well, you're fat as fuck, so. Yeah, my future (laughs) wife was kind of mad at me. She's like, it's your birthday. You're supposed to be just going crazy and wild. But I was, it was nice, man. I had a good time and uh, it was very, uh, very good. Uh, Other than that, I had uh, my son's birthday today. Oh, yeah. He turned seven. 23 already. 23 years old. Wow, it doesn't look a day over 40. (laughs) (laughs) He turned seven today. We, uh, I've got a gigantic new train set in my in my front room which will be there probably for the next six months so nice, that's nice. that's cool and uh getting ready to head up to bad axe next week for christmas for baird christmas mm. so she comes a couple weeks early and then that's about it what about you boys the uh uh today i willingly on my own now that the old man i am after the last birthday change i woke up at 4 a.m without an alarm <laughs> clock and i go well it's time to get up <laughs> and uh and, and i then got up did for you the re- day did you read the paper I, I didn't read the paper. Oh. I, uh, I, I I read a book. Oh, what book? <laughs> uh, just some stupid audio nerd bo- book. <laughs> it's a ma- the, one of the mastering books. They uh, how to bag they, the man of your dreams. They, uh, <laughs> they, they they use at Berkeley or something like that. Oh. I was like, oh, this looks interesting. <laughs> and so, ten thirty at night, still rocking and rolling. So if I, you hear snores coming later, <laughs> that's me. That's that's kind of par for the course at this point, though. You you fall asleep pretty often on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get dozy towards the end of the evening well listen listen out of the three of us he works for three of us so yeah that's true <laughs> no yeah yeah anybody uh, any, uh anything else with you no no i've just been working a lot it's christmas time at the church <clears throat> so you know lots to do lots mm-hmm. uh lots of big ne- unnecessary projects that we do uh going to see the uh uh greenfield village holiday lights mm. this uh this sunday coming up me and mm. me and the lady are going to see it oh cool thanks for the invite uh nope really awesome this is uh this is this is a date night mm. and um cool. Hey Jim, what are you doing Sunday? I'm going to Greenfield Village with you. <laughs> with you. I was just gonna ask you to go, cutie pie. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, yeah, that's it. That we we've been talking a long time about our previous week, so why don't we jump into this week a little bit? Oh, with some corrections from last week. <laughs> stupid! You're so stupid! 
Okay, so uh, a couple things we got wrong. Uh, there are three guys in Spectre Vision, not two. Oh. We said there were two. We got oh, Elijah no. Wood, Daniel Noah, and Josh Waller. Okay. Those are the three dudes that run it. Uh, the Shutter app is not available on PS4. We assumed that it was. It is not. Oh, okay. I think it's because it has to do with the Microsoft store. It's on the Microsoft and Android stores, but it's not on anything else. And being that Xbox is a Microsoft product, Mm. It just kind of works on that. Okay. But it is not on PS4. All right. So if you have PS4. You guys, hold it, hold it. What? We have a confession we have to make. <gasps> See, we these these corrections that we do every week, we wouldn't have a segment here if we didn't get something wrong. We're actually all very, very smart. And we know our <laughs> shit, but we purposely have to say stuff wrong every week so that way we, ha we have a segment on the show. Why are you giving up our secrets? I just, I can't hold it back anymore, all right? <laughs> We're smart. There we go. Speak for yourself. I'm dumb as shit. Yeah, what the hell, man? <laughs> um, my third correction, though, uh, is is a correction from a couple episodes ago. Yeah, uh, you can't do that. Uh, it's from episode 73, to be exact. <laughs> what? So Why? I'm going back to our episodes. I'm cataloging all of our drink choices, movie choices, and all that. Because once, you know, we get to into the hundreds here, like it's kind of hard to keep track of movies we've talked about, drinks we've had, especially uh -huh. the drinks. Uh -huh. Which leads me to my correction. On episode number 73, we drank Cabin Fever Brown Ale. Okay. In episode 18, we drank Cabin Fever Brown Ale. That's on you, man. You're the one who's cataloging all this stuff, and you're well, the one who buys why. the beer. This is why. What a dunce. I mean, in all fairness, I think 18 was like pre-format still, yeah. so we were in infancy. Hmm. Did we, uh, how was our, uh... But uh, still. Our uh, opinions on it. Was it like, man, this beer really sucks, and the next time we're like, man, this beer is really good. We <laughs> love oh, it. You know, I yeah, didn't do that long. and contrast? <laughs> I no. did not. We should we go should. back and find out we if should. we liked it. But, but uh, <laughs> apparently we have doubled up on a beer. We are not flawless in that category. Uh, we doubled up on a beer one, one, one other, other time. time. But we caught it. We yes. caught it and we got something else. That's right, we did. But uh, yeah, hmm. this one slipped by our radar. We are so, so sorry. On um, purpose. It so that way we had a correction for this week, all right? <laughs> Think it ahead. <laughs> we were thinking two years we were thinking two years ahead on that one. <laughs> uh, there we go. That's all I got. That's it? All That's right. That's it. Okay, well, uh, this week we are talking about, if you listened to our episode last week, uh -huh. you hear that we, we were doing the... I know what you did last summer. Trilogy? Trilogy? I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, the the duology. Du dual and a half. The duology <laughs> plus. I always <laughs> will know what you did last summer, uh, clearly, which I say with a with a sour look on my face. We don't want to give anything away. So if you want to see what we thought about all three movies, you're gonna have to stick around. That is true. We might have loved them all. Y yep. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really <laughs> loved the third one. <laughs> All right, so you're going to hear a bunch of noises for a couple seconds here because we're changing our format a little bit. Uh-oh. Uh, I don't do well with change, James. I know. I'm sorry. <clears throat> so in I know I in I still know what you did last summer, which is the second film in the series. Uh, they head off to the Bahamas because they win a trip mm -hmm. on a radio show. What is the capital of Brazil? Uh, duh. Duh. It's We're, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia, Brazil. Everybody knows that. Um, it's where President Lincoln lived <laughs> before he so, died of a heart attack. So they, 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 they jet off to the Bahamas, and while they're there, I'm getting water all over myself. <laughs> uh, 
while they're there, the, the bartender tells them that they're going to be drinking, she, she kind of makes up their mind for them. She tells them they're going to be drinking Dark and Stormies, mm -hmm. which is a delicious beverage. If you've never had one before, uh, she actually mentioned, she says, it, here's a correction on her behalf, because I, I'm pretty sure she says it's dark rum and ginger beer and lime, which is kind of correct. Okay. But an official dark and stormy must be made with Gosling's black seal, black seal Bermuda black rum. Okay. It has to be, because it's actually trademarked by this company, and it has to be made with Gosling's ginger beer, oh. because this is specially formatted, formulated. Ooh. Yeah, that's not going to seal, is no, it? Oh God, thank you for. <laughs> no, I I, 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 I caught that. I'm, I'm going to hold it on there, but. Um, <clears throat> This is they say this is specially formatted to complement the flavors of the black rum in just such a way. So tonight we're drinking Kraken and Barrett's uh... <laughs> Kraken and Barrett's <laughs> Kraken and Stoli ginger beer. Gross. Uh, so, uh, so we're we're drinking Dark and Stormies tonight. So we've got some some Goslings Black Seal Bermuda Black Rum here, as well as some Goslings ginger beer. Let's have a so listen. So it's, it's still. It, it's still beer. Ba -da -ba, it is ba -da -ba. still beer. It's still beer. It is just ginger beer. So now what we do here is we... It's the uh, soulless beer. <laughs> I'm going to... Here, each of you boys squeeze a little lime into your glass. Ooh, where's my glass? Uh, That one. Oh. <laughs> and me and Mike are drinking out of these fancy... Little uh, tulips. Cognac snifters. And uh, and then we do... Now, another another thing that she does wrong in the movie is she mixes all the ingredients together. Which is wrong. To to do an official uh, dark and stormy, you float the dark rum on top. Mm -hmm. This is a very complicated drink, James. It's really not. It's only two ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> so now what we do is we uh, we float the dark rum on top. Nope, oh, no, no, it's spilling. Yep. Gosh darn it. Yeah, we kind of knew that was going to happen, James. Yeah, sorry. We, we literally told you it was going to happen. Shut the fuck up. So now you you just float it. Here, why don't you do that? I've heard make? that this is Donald Trump's favorite drink too. Is it really? Or maybe just the stormy part? Uh, well, yeah. he's well. well <clears throat> nah. Get it? I got political jokes. <laughs> well, they're uh, reading that just so there's not awkward silence. I've got a little thing here on um, Gosling's Bermuda Black Seal Rum. Mine's separated real nice. Rich, that. smooth, and full-bodied Black Seal Rum is a unique blend by Gosling Brothers of Bermuda. The original recipe being a closely guarded family secret that has been handed down over many generations. Originally called Old Rum, that's creative, it was available only on draft out of oak barrels. Finally, after World War I, Black Seal was sold in champagne bottles, the most widely available bottle at the time. The cork was sealed with black sealing wax, hence the name Black Seal. Oh, and here I thought it was just because there was a black seal on the label. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, and now this actually, reading that description, this works on a couple different levels, because not only are they drinking Dark and Stormy's in I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, but this talks about the closely guarded family secret, and what is I Know What You Did Last Summer all about? A, a secret, a very closely guarded secret. Oh, I think I also a closely movie. guarded family secret in the second one. We find out it's true. So That's this true. works on many levels. All right, well, let's give this a little sip, boys. Cheers! Cheers! Oh. Where'd we get snifters from? It's delicious, mm. and it's nutritious. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess <clears throat> so. 
All right. Uh, well, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Let's get into the bleed feed. So weird. All right. All right. So um, I'm going to start uh, this bleed feed off with a banger. Yeah. No one died. Don't Stormy worry. Stormy Daniels? <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you think he got sentenced three years today? Who did? Michael Cohen. Oh, God. The, I, the lawyer. No. Trump's lawyer that covered up a lot of the uh, uh, nefarious things that Trump did. I did not. Three years in in prison for lying under oath. It's gonna be like a. It's gonna be one of those prisons where they get to like play tennis and wear polo shirts. If by though. tennis you mean butt stuff, yes. That is that is actually what I meant. What was that noise? My computer is. It sounded like a '90s oh. computer or something. What was? <laughs> our power <laughs> our power strip never got plugged in. Oh yeah, that so explains that why my phone's not charging. Yeah, there we go. Hit the uh, switcher. I, I thought. James? I thought maybe. Uh, I thought maybe the new screen. <laughs> hey, there it is. I thought maybe the new screen that I had to get put on my phone today wasn't working. Actually, that, that, that I was, shattered my fucking. Don't phone give it to again. Jay because he'll break it right away. <laughs> that, that was almost the sound of like when you like you put your elbow down on your keyboard. It's sitting there for a while and it's like, Beep, stop <laughs> doing this to me. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, the first thing is uh, you're probably going to cover this in your Blu-ray discussion, but probably not. Shane Black's The Predator. Is oh, no, going I to wasn't. be coming out pretty soon here. Okay. In January. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And? I'm looking at you because uh, someone didn't do the job if this isn't in their bleed. Or their bleed. Their, their, bleed. their bleed. Did this, was, <laughs> is this breaking news? Because I, oh, well, what the, did you well, no, not breaking, not breaking, but this week. I don't know about that. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so um, in addition to getting <clears throat> Shane Black's The Predator on Blu-ray pretty soon here, uh, we're getting quite possibly the most random uh, official tie-in to the Predator series you could possibly imagine. Which is? We are getting a Predator versus Santa Claus and his elves yes. stop-motion animated short <laughs> What? that is going to be taking place on December 19th on Comedy Central during the BoJack Horseman uh, program. Really? Yes. Cool. And this is official. It is done through the, through the companies or whatever, and uh, there's a little teaser for it up online, and it looks fantastic. It's an elf that's celebrating Christmas, and then there's three dots that show up on his chest, and he gets a hole blown through his chest. <laughs> It looks amazing. I'm looking at a screen cap from it's right It's in now, the yeah. style of the old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yeah. uh, uh, Abominable <laughs> Snowman Yeti cartoon from back in the day. Uh-huh. Uh, and it just looks incredible. And uh, so Merry Christmas to everyone. I can't think of a better <laughs> gift. Uh, once again, that's going to be December 19th. Uh, it's going to be this Tuesday. Uh, so two days from when this episode airs is when it will be on. Cool. Uh, let's see here. Um, last week we talked about how uh, John Carpenter was officially back on board to score the Halloween sequel. Yeah. Uh, this week we get news that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is very much on board to do another Halloween movie. Uh, if she gets asked, she will 100% do it. She has not wow. been approached. Uh, Danny McBride and um, David Gordon Green haven't done anything yet. I mean, Who knows you... if they're even going to come back to direct another one. Yeah. But uh, she said that if if David Gordon Green comes back and he wants her to be in another one, she will absolutely do it, yeah. which is pretty cool. That's big considering she wanted the character to be killed off in yeah. Resurrection. You know well, what I mean? Somebody finally did it. She only, she only hated the franchise because the franchise had bastardized mm-hmm. 
everything her right. character the story the you know michael myers like and at this point i mean it would be ridiculously stupid to not have david gordon david gordon green and danny mcbride back and to ha- yep. and and to have her back like everything like all the pieces were unless, there for this movie unless blumhouse thinks for some strange reason that they mm-hmm. can't afford them and they think well we can ride on the I mean, I your, mean, who your movie made a shitload of money, so yeah. I think you can probably afford them. Well, um, uh, speaking of Halloween, do you know what I know what you did last summer and Halloween have in common? No. Oh. Well, I'm going to tell you about it. A, uh, a, a masked killer? I'm going to tell you about it. Okay. And we talk about something with always in the title. Okay. That's a thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> being very <laughs> ambiguous right now. Uh, okay, so here we go. Uh, Peter Jackson is uh, going to be... Well, we've talked about how he is uh, restoring his first four films. Right. Uh, all of his old schlocky genre horror, horror uh, pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was asked recently by The Hollywood Reporter if he'd be open to doing another horror movie. And uh, his response is very interesting. He goes, oh, I'm very happy to be disgusting again if the right project comes along. It would be interesting to see how, dis- how disgusting... Uh, Fran Walsh, who is his co-writer, mm-hmm. he goes, it'd be interesting to see how disgusting Fran Walsh and I could be in our older age compared to our younger years, because we've learned a few things since then, mm-hmm. which is the, the greatest response to that question ever. <laughs> you know, it's like, I just want to see if I have it in me still. Let's make a disgusting, I got a chunky bits movie again. And, <laughs> and oh my God, I can't, I, I hope to God that he, uh, does something genre related. Yeah. Just one more in his career, I'd be super happy. Yeah. Um, the last thing he did was The Frighteners, that was, which is an incredible movie in and of its own. Oh, right? last genre thing. Last he did. genre yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Lord of the Rings was genre too, but lastly, like, a horror, okay. horror genre yeah. thing. Um, was also a Peter Jackson uh, link to this film franchise we're talking about tonight too. Are you going to tell me that. about these things? Because no, not... you're going to forget by the time we yeah, get probably. there. Just remind me. Oh, for... <laughs> Hold on. Let me, t- let me take notes. Uh, okay. So you're moving on. Uh, this is... I don't know how I feel about this one. Legendary Pictures uh, has announced that they are officially remaking The Toxic Avenger. Yeah. With uh, Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hurst producing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this is like This is like MGM getting the rights to... Like uh, Sally sucks dick seven, and trying to tr- trying to make a movie out of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, well, it had a really good plot. We can do something with that. You yeah, know? Sally Sally sucks dick seven was fine the way it was. <laughs> just leave it the way it was. She had a really good twat. <laughs> is, that, is that what Mike just said? <laughs> oh, good plot. 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 <laughs> the twat thickens. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh my god. Why is it so swollen? It's That's British. a twi- oh, chunky bit. <laughs> oh, come on. I thought it was going one way, and at the end there was a big twat twist. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, uh, but man. that being said, I just I feel like remaking the Toxic Avenger <clears throat> is pointless. Yeah. That movie is what it is because of how absolutely vile it is. And, how, and it really is vile. Yeah, how vile it is and how, like, it. it's, I don't know, that that movie is best served with a just a low budget yeah. and, like, bad acting. That's and, why The Toxic Avenger became, I think, so popular is because it's this super shitty, low budget, yeah. amazing superhero masturbating to dead children movie. <laughs> like, I... I <laughs> I'm not wrong. Like, it, 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 I don't know. Right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know about this. I. It, I don't... That, would, that would that would be like them saying like uh, like James Wan is remaking a Serbian film. Like, 
No, it would never work. Yeah. You know, you, you just, you, you can't. Right. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very torn. On it. I'll watch the, the shit out of it. Don't get me wrong. But like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm very torn on it. Yeah. And, and they're supposed to be making a fifth Toxic Avenger movie. Um, Troma was. Yeah. And so I don't know if this maybe will halt that. I hope not. It seems to be the thing in Hollywood nowadays is yeah, to with, make remakes while other Lloyd, film franchises are still going on. But, but with Lloyd Kaufman connected to both? You know? I, like what? No maybe, idea. Maybe this is supposed to be re- like replacing that or? Uh, I hope not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I hope not, but you're getting it from Legendary. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> um, let's see here. Uh, finally, we have some news on Jordan Peele's Us. Okay. We have some plot details. Um, excuse me. In Us, uh, a mother from, not from Black Panther, the uh, Lipta Nyong'o is from Black Panther, but a mother. How did you just um, say her name? It's Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, you said Lipta. No, oh, <laughs> Lipta Nyong'o. <laughs> Lipta. Uh, a mother and father uh, take their kids to their beach house, expecting to unplug and unwind with friends. Um, but as the night descends, their serenity turns into tension and chaos when some shocking visitors arrive uninvited. Hmm. So it's I'm obviously getting a lot of home invasion vibes from yeah. that, but it's also supposed to be like like another social horror movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested how they're going to twist some sort of social themes in with a home invasion movie. Yeah, um, it's kind of ripe for it. I mean, you could do so many things with it. I'm just curious as to how he is going to go about it. I mean, that's our. I mean, that's already kind of been done. Not not to say that they're redoing, you know, like a an already done thing. I'm just as an example, The Purge kind of had the same, very similar, especially into in the later installments of The Purge where mm-hmm. they got into like the government involvement and possible cover ups and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but but Jordan Peele's a smart dude. He's yeah. uh, he's gonna pull out something that I don't think anyone's expecting. Right. Uh, very similar to Get Out. So I look very much forward to that. Um, let's see here. Moving on. Joe Bob Briggs. We've talked about how he's gonna be coming back <coughs> with uh, some new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about he's a very Joe Bob Christmas coming up, uh, which is going to be four movies from a single franchise. Cool. I'm thinking Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh. No. That's what I'm thinking. It's mm-hmm. schlocky enough for him, and Shudder can probably get the rights to that. How many other Christmas movies have four uh, installments? There's yeah. not too many of them. Mm-mm. So I'm thinking that that's what it is. But after that, the real news of this is that we are getting a weekly episodic Joe Bob show nice. starting in early 2019. Cool. Uh, the male girl uh, who was on the uh, on the show. Yeah. Um, what's her? Uh, why can't I think of her name? Uh She's, she's got a name. Her name on uh, Twitter is Kinky Horror because she's a porn star. I don't follow her at all, I swear to God. Um, but she actually spilled the beans that they're going to be coming out in uh, uh, early 2019 with a weekly Joe Bob show, which I is mean, you kinda, fantastic for anybody. Kind of had to see that coming. With well, we the... knew that there was a show coming, but we didn't know when. We didn't know right. if it was going to be weekly, monthly. Like We, we had no idea. But um, cool. So that's very exciting. I know we're big fans of, uh, of the Joe Bob show. Joe Bob. So... Um, we're getting a, this is pretty cool. We're getting a documentary, uh, called documentary for the recently deceased. Is this a, can you think of the movie? A Beetlejuice documentary? Beetlejuice documentary being made by none other than Adam Goldberg. Uh, Seth Rogen's writing writing partner and the creator of the Goldbergs. Yeah. So he's making this documentary. Um, they are crowdfunding it, which I always find it odd when, people in the industry crowdfund things Mm, you know i understand like if you if every person put their own money into every project they'd be broke i get that because these projects are crazy expensive well yeah and i mean like like 
30, 32 or 33 years out from Beetlejuice being made. Mo- they probably know big like, studios are going to put the money behind it. I exactly. get that, but you would think that he has enough clout to get some company to put money behind it or something. It's he's, always- he's got enough clout to get us to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> that's what damn, it is. <laughs> damn you, Adam Goldberg. You have won. No, I, but, I, um, I mean, that's a good thing, though. It's, I I think I crowdfunding... I, Crowd, like I don't always agree with things that are being crowdfunded, but like crowdfunding for stuff like this, I totally get. Because there's because there's perks coming... there's perks that you can offer to to fans. Yeah, and yeah, something and like this. If he's coming at it from a fan wanting to do this as yeah. a fan, so, I, guess, like a, I get that. This is the type of thing that seems like it's a, like a passion project. So give me a good idea of a crowdfunding <clears throat> example that you would not like. Um, uh, I, like oh, you help got... my my dog got hit by a runaway wagon. And it now has crabs. <laughs> Give me thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we have to decrab my dog who got hit by a wagon. <laughs> How did that all happen? A wagon with crabs. Oh my god! I don't know where the wagons have been. That's tragic. <laughs> I think I might actually fund that one. <laughs> I don't now, know. There's just like there's a, there's like people people like. Pay for my boob job. Yeah. Listen, uh, if any of my friends wanted money to get a boob job, oh, you'd fund it. That decorates my life as well as theirs. Oh. But is it like, so is it like it. when when a band <laughs> is like doing their crowdfunding for a, you know you pay this much you get a CD, this much you get a CD and a poster. If someone's crowdfunding for a boob job, what are the perks that come along with that? Afterwards? Well, they're you get a free they're squeeze. <laughs> they're definitely you get first squeeze. They're definitely perks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of any really good ones, but I know that I've seen crowdfunding projects before where I'm like, just, no. just make money the real oh, way. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. So anyway, he's crowdfunding it, and uh, they already did one Indiegogo campaign, which cleared, and they made the whole documentary is done as far as like the bulk of it. Mm-hmm. The new Kickstarter now is basically for all the post work. The, the new Kickstarter is, we want money in our pockets. Yeah. Just so <laughs> just give us money. We've already got this thing finished. We just need money. Just, just edit that shit together like other people do when they hire you. They're like, you get the exposure. You get, you're working for exposure. <laughs> oh, you know how many people are going to see oh, this? Yeah, I can't offer you any pay, but you get plenty of exposure. You get a credit in the liner. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Um. So that brings us to our last bit of news. But before that. Blu-ray, baby. It, uh, it's time for Blues with Jew. Oh, God, you brought that back. How about Blues with Jaws? Blues with Jaws. Uh, as if you needed another reason to go spend your money at Target, you can now grab a copy of Jaws from Target's exclusive VHS artwork Blu-ray line. So far, Jaws is the only horror title on the line. Uh, hopefully, they'll be adding more to that soon. But Wait, you can... what? so is this the same thing that Walmart was doing with their putting VHS art on their Blu-rays? Yes. So, Target, you copiers. Yeah. But I would rather give my money to Target than Walmart. True. The wall. True. It's it's difficult, though. Do like when, when I Donald go shopping, Trump talks about building the wall, that's actually... He's talking about building a giant Walmart right on the border. I'm, I'm, always, <laughs> I'm, I'm always torn, though. It's like, when I need to go shopping, do, do I go to Target and see Bay Barinos yeah. walking around? Mm-hmm. Or do I go to Walmart and see... Yeah, yeah. See the people at Walmart, right? You know, which can be equally as as fulfilling sometimes. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, yeah, I'd go to Target. Yeah, okay. That's 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 my that's my place. 
Also, I love their clothes. I'm wearing a bunch of Target clothes tonight. Pretty much in all Target clothes. You know what I mean? They're cheap. They're good. I mean, the jeans only last about a year, but whatever. That Target really hits the spot. (laughs) I am here all week. You are on tonight, my man. (laughs) Shut up. All right. Next up, if you haven't had a chance to see Luca Luca Guadagnino's 2018 remake of Dario Argento's classic horror film, Suspiria, you won't have to wait too long to see it at home. Starting January 15th, 2019, it will be available on VOD. Uh, followed by the Blu-ray release on January 29th, courtesy of Lionsgate. Uh, This is coming with three special featurettes, including The Making of Suspiria, The Secret Language of Dance, and The Transformations of Suspiria. Nice. Uh, Next up, of course, no week would be complete without some Scream Factory releases, so here's two of them for you. Uh, Both films will be hitting Blu-ray on March 5th. First up, from director Duncan Skiles, The Clove Hitch Killer. A story about a young boy who begins to suspect that his loving father may be the psychopathic killer known as Clove Hitch. And Welcome to Mercy, where a young mother stricken with stigmata is sent to a remote convent to confront her demions? <laughs> that is a typo. <laughs> demions. <laughs> she went to confront her inner demions. Demons. It's demons. And that's it. That's all it's on. Oh, that's, yeah. that's it? Okay. Yeah, what were you talking about? The I looked up the Predator thing. I didn't see anything. Oh, they announced that it's coming to Blu-ray in January. Oh. So I, it's on there. I completely missed that. But uh, Well, I'm sorry. I suck at my job. These people are just <clears throat> going to have to wait till next week, and you can talk about it then. How about that? Okay. Um, okay, so my last bit of news here is uh, about what is... Um, for the last uh, two years, this year being the third, it's kind of my favorite weekend of the year in terms of horror content, mm-hmm. and that is the Movie Crips 48-hour Save the Yorkies marathon that they do. Oh, yeah, Movie Crypt, yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. that is this weekend. Uh, it's going to be Already? Uh, Jeez, December seemed... 14th through the 16th. Wow, it seems like... It, it was Christmas time last year, too. That's weird. Yep, year, it's been a whole the, year already. The year has gone by very fast. Um, here's what's very exciting about this. If you don't know what this 48-hour marathon is, the whole thing is, is that they stay awake for 48 straight hours, <laughs> and they live stream for 48 straight hours, nonstop live stream. It's pretty intense. It's very intense. Um, last year gave us one of the greatest commentaries of all time for Sleepaway Camp mm. with Felissa Rose and Joe Lynch just being whacked out of their minds and doing like a Groucho Marx impression for an hour and a half straight <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever uh-huh. um anyway though but yeah you get you get live commentaries with uh people that don't um have commentaries for their movies or actors that weren't a part of them you know so it's all brand new perspectives yours there's musical performances there's uh, auctions there's uh movie crypt episodes that they they film there's there, there's just so much stuff like one year they had uh, uh they had a um a medium come in and supposedly Joe Lynch like legitimately talked to his dead father. Really, pretty crazy stuff. That's like, weird. It, I mean, believe it if you want, but like, it's just I do. I do too. But I like, it's to. pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. The reason that this year's is really cool. Ever since the passing of George A. Romero, uh, there's been a treasure trove of just stuff mm. that is being uncovered. And uh, so one of the things they're doing this year is that uh, they're doing a uh, never before seen, never produced screenplay. For the Mummy remake that George Romero wrote. Really? And no one's ever seen this before. And they're doing a live on-air reading of the entire oh, script. they're doing like a table read of uh, it? table oh, read, basically. Man, and, cool. and they always bring in actors, like real actors, to do it. So it's always a really cool one. None of those fake actors. They did, um, what did they do? The first year they did 
um, the original Goonies script, the mm -hmm. original Chris Columbus written Goonies script, which is very different. Mm -hmm. um, they did that. That was all cast and acted. Last year they did, um, what was it? Uh, Cabin Fever 2. Adam Green's written Cabin Fever 2 that never got produced. Mm -hmm. It was his script for it. They read that out. Like, There's just so many really, really cool things. Um, Here's what I want you to do. What's that? You need to get a hold of them. Just call them up. Okay. I know you have this capability. Call them up and find out if they have to get the rights to do those never-before-made uh, scripts to My do guess, a table reading. Because we've been talking about doing been. a very specific table reading on this show, a special episode of the show where we do a table reading, Let's. and you're always worried about legal issues. I am. So let's put this on right now. If anybody listening to our show um, knows anything about copyright law and about, um, I guess, whatever laws would apply to script rights... Mm -hmm. Uh, get a hold of us because we have some unproduced scripts that we always had the idea of doing a live read for like bonus episodes or something like that. Like we'd love to do it. We have the um, there's the the Friday the Thirteenth script uh, that took place in the winter that yeah. that I that I have a copy of. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many other things. There's the original Star Wars script that I have a copy mm -hmm. of. There's there's so many really really cool scripts that exist out there that you can get a hold of. But I've always been worried about the legalities of it. And if the show, for God forbid, ever started making money and it's all, <laughs> I, I know it's funny, but like, I don't know if it's legal to put that, um, uh, uh, that uh, property. It's, it's, it's property of the person that wrote it. In intellectual property. Intellectual yeah. property. I don't know if it's even legal to put that out there because yeah. we're basically reading their, I mean, you know, I think I, the, I think the worst that would happen because people don't. Well, some people might, but I don't think they just jump right into suing you. They'd probably send you a cease and desist, and, desist and then we'd pull the episode, and then you're good to go. Probably. but You know what I mean? But if you know anything about that, get a hold of us. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah, for sure. Because um, it's an idea that we've had for a long time. Anyway, uh, no yeah, idea when during the 48-hour thing this is going to happen, because they don't really announce when things happen. That way people tune in. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're into that, there's going to be um, the new Victor Crowley commentary. There's going to be... Um, they're doing commentaries for all three original Star Wars movies with guests coming in and stuff, which is really cool. So there's just a ton of stuff. Um, I think they need to make a deal with Shudder where they air this whole thing. That would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, Joe Lynch works with Shudder quite a bit. That, so. I think that would be the same way they did the Joe Bob thing. Do that the 48-hour, the Save the Orkies thing. They would on... crash the servers even more oh, than Joe Bob yeah, did. that would be awesome. They really would. <laughs> they, they would have to get that down to... You could live stream on like, YouTube maybe, though. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a possibility. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it'd be cool. Green, call us. Yeah, call us up. We got ideas. We know you're listening. <laughs> uh, anyway, that is your news for this Wednesday, the 12th. All right, you guys. So we're going to wrap it up with another stupid fact of the day. So since we're getting close to Christmas time, I'll take it in the holiday cheer. I figured I'd give us a little uh, Christmas tree fact for you guys. All right. Okay. All right, so Christmas as a day off is a recent innovation. As late as 1850, December 25th was not a legal holiday in New England, so stores were open, businesses were open, and children were expected to attend school. Oh, no. <laughs> up, in, up until when? Uh, 1850. Dang. Right. Hard, hard times. Yeah. Going to school on December 25th? Fuck that. On Christmas? Come on. And in New England, too, it was probably snowing. Kids. Probably like oh, yeah. six feet of snow on the ground. Hurry You're... up and open those presents. You got to get to school. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh, it's suck. pencils and notebooks <laughs> and socks. Shitty Christmas. I, oh, wonder... I don't love socks. Though. Dude, oh, man. Like getting socks for Christmas these days now that we're older. I'm like, yes. 
Except for I wear I wear mostly like print socks now, like with weird prints. Prince, so- prince, prince socks? socks, yes. Just symbols on your feet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I like printed socks. So luckily, pe- most of the people who buy me socks have caught on to that. Because mm. there were a couple years where I was getting white socks. And I'm, I'm like, gonna, fuck. I'm going to print some things on some paper, staple them together, and give them to like <laughs> print socks. Yeah. <laughs> Cheetah print. <laughs> All right. Uh, so with that, we're going to take a, uh, a little bit of a break here. We're going to do something... And then we're going to come back in a year and we're going to talk about it because we know what we did last summer. Boom! That was the news. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks for fucking things up. I know what you did. Fucked up last minute summer. Throughout this dulcy, faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Well, alrighty then. Welcome back to the Buzz to Kill podcast. For today, we're talking about things you did last summer, like uh, set fire to your local elementary school. I did that last summer. Did you? Yeah. That was you. Yeah. I have to call the police now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're talking about the I know what you did last summer trilogy. Should have been sort a, of. Should have been a. Duality. I like duality. The, I, duology. I like duology. That. Should have been. Uh, it was not. Yep. <laughs> and we're going to talk about it. <clears throat> Before we jump into these movies, I'm going to ask you this right now, just okay. so I don't forget. Okay. Give me the Halloween connection and give me the Peter Jackson connection. Okay, I cannot give you either yet. Son of a. The Peter Jackson bitch. connection has to do with I Still, oh and the Halloween God. connection has to do with I'll Always. What? Yeah. Gross. Right? All right. It's gross on both ends, though. I, prom- <laughs> I promise you. It's like it's like sloppy, double-headed. Um, so I know what you did last summer, which is from 1997. Seven. Okay. I didn't write the dates down here. Uh, from 1997, directed by Jim Gillespie. Uh Four young friends, bound by a tragic accident, are reunited when they find themselves being stalked by a hook-wielding maniac in their small seaside town. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what you did last summer uh, was one of the movies that came right on the heels of Scream. Scream basically reinvented the slasher genre and invented essentially the, like the as I like to call it, the sexy and hip versions of slasher movies very sexy very hip um yeah you see that on every box cover for every movie from like the late 90s early 2000s mm-hmm. um it's sexy hip and clever you know <laughs> thrilling like it's the same adjectives for every single movie they were used um but it's 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 a it's a spin-off of the original slashers in that it surrounds a group of kids um and that's very s- similar to early slashers but yeah. it puts more of a modern sensibility to it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you end up getting are a whole lump of movies that are essentially the exact same movie, just with slightly different premises. Yeah. Um, and I know you did last summer was one of the, was one of the first. Yeah. Um, Cause it came out uh, scream. I want to say 97 90- scream came out in 96, 96. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so scream, I believe scream two had already been out. I believe at this point too. Mm, they didn't come out a year apart. Did they? I thought they did. Was I thought Scream was 95. No, Scream was 96. You're positive? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Scream 2 was 97. Yeah, you're okay, right. Okay, so same year. Yeah. yeah. So 
So I know you did last summer, though. Unlike Scream, Scream went to essentially put the genre, flip it on its head by saying, we know these rules. Like, it was they, super meta. It, I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> However, I know what you did last summer, though, was it wasn't trying to be meta. It mm. was just trying to take the look and the feel of the Scream movies with sort of like an old with school the slasher. old school sensibilities, yeah. Exactly. And, it, mm-hmm. and you know what? It worked. Yeah. It's I, a great movie. I love this movie. You know, 20, how many years later now? How many? 20, 21. 21 years later? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it holds up. Mm-hmm. It really does. I mean, there's some questionable things like, you know. Like Freddie Prince Jr.'s acting. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> he's a little bit rough. He's not great. He's, uh, he's like Scooby-Doo, rough. Because, um, <laughs> you know, he was in Yes, Scoop. I know. Yeah, With you. Sarah Michelle Gell. Oh, my God. <gasps> What's her practically I know who you did last summer oh, movies? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, uh, Jinkies. <laughs> I'm just trying to make you laugh because you're laughing. Um, you're yeah, trying so, to make me laugh because I was laughing. Or because you're drinking. Yeah. Um, so this movie is starring uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt as Julie uh, James, uh, <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller as Helen Shivers, Ryan Phillippe as Brian, Barry Cox, not Brian Cox, that's a completely different person. Um, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. as Ray Bronson. Uh, and then you have Muse Watson, who plays the uh, the fisherman. Also guest starring Anne Heche, which is a, I completely forgot Anne Heche oh, yeah, in this totally. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's fantastic. Uh, most famous for her butthole in the Psycho remake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a very young <laughs> Johnny. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know. In the shower scene in the Psycho remake. They show her butthole? She falls over and her butthole is right center stage. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's pretty fascinating, uh, and then you have a very young uh, Johnny Galecki who Did, plays Max. How the fuck can you tell? He doesn't age, <laughs> right? He's, well, that's how I can tell. Now he's now he's fifty seven and he still looks like he's twelve. Yeah, it's. I don't know how old he actually age, is. That's not a correction. No, he's but he's one of those he's one of those people who really doesn't age. No, no, he doesn't. Um, so yeah, so those are your, those are your main players. Uh, there's a couple other people that don't really uh, matter. Oh, Bridget Bridget Wilson Sampras plays. Uh, uh, Elsa. She would go on to, um, or not even go on. She was fucking Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> no, okay, she, she was Sonya Blade. She wasn't fucking Sonya Blade. <laughs> she was also uh, uh, shit. What the hell's her um, in um, uh, <laughs> Veronica Vaughn? Oh, that, in, that in that Veronica Vaughn is um, one fine can, piece of What is of the name? Uh, Oh my God! Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so yeah, so she's decently famous. So, so that, hot. That rounds out your uh, your your cast. Um, yeah, I hadn't seen I had not seen this or any of the movies in the franchise in a very very long time. Yeah, I think a, I saw them when they first came out, and that was pretty much it. Oh really? No, I'm sure I've seen this original one, but the second one for sure I'd yeah, only seen once. I think same same Third here. One, this, this first one I've seen many many times. Yeah, I've I've seen it a couple times, probably not as many times as you. So going back and revisiting the franchise, um, I didn't know how well it was going to age. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember liking it in the past, mm-hmm. but a lot of times you look at these old these old movies and it's like, ooh, they're in a really weird time period where things are modern but not. You know, yeah. like it's it's kind of that weird. It's like the growing pains of like technology in those areas. Yeah, like uh, they're awesome. Like Windows ninety five brick laptop that Jennifer Love Hewitt was using and this yeah. was pretty awesome. And also um, it was also the, uh, the 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 awkward stage for pants. 
because they wear some very blocky, weird mom jeans in this. They really this do. Movie. <laughs> they really do. Was it this one or the second one where there's a lot of floods? I think well, it was the second one. Probably because they were on a Bahama island with, yeah. that was literally flooding. Where's the flood? <laughs> um, okay, so uh, so yeah, so you they're on. Um, they're on a uh, joyride after uh, oh. after a, after a party. <laughs> uh, they're rounding uh, rounding the corner and they hit a dude. Everybody is everybody is freshly banged, by the way. Freshly, out of these four people, all four of them have just gotten done banging. By the way, I want to find a place to have a bonfire in between two massive shipwrecks because that looks pretty fucking cool. And then bang in between. And them. then bang in between them. Mm-hmm. I'll even I'll even hit the guy with my car on the way home. Like that's. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you'll even hit the dude. That's, that's, <laughs> so the, yeah. that's an that's an acceptable. That's just collateral damage after you've had that kind of night where you can have a bonfire between two shipwrecks. Hit a dude with your car. That's I fine. I agree. I agree. But you got to be careful if you're doing it on the beach, Michael. Mm. Make it crabs. Oh. Ah. Ooh. Touche. San, we're sandy crack. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like sandpaper. Um. Yeah, so uh, so the movie starts off or whatever. Like it's, uh, they're at a, um, they, uh, take it back. It starts off. Sarah Michelle Geller is doing a beauty pageant, mm-hmm. looking pretty ugly. I might, uh, mm, I yeah, might say, just ugly. just the worst. Um, she ends up winning it or whatever. They're celebrating. Uh, Ryan Phillippe's a dick. Freddie Prince, Prince Jr. is a potato. You're caught up now. Um, <laughs> 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 You're pretty much caught up. They're they're drinking. Freddie Prince is driving, and there's a dude in the middle of the road, and they hit him. Ray is and, not drinking though. No, Ray is driving. Being very responsible. But he's driving, and drunk ass Ryan Phillippe is distracting him, and they hit a dude rounding a corner. Ends up being this fisherman, and uh, they think he's dead. Turns You're, out he's not dead. You're forgetting a very uh, important part of the about the beginning of this movie. Ooh, what's that? Um, so the amazing seals and crofts song summer breeze opens up the film oh, typo negative but it's done by typo <laughs> negative yeah like, how should my... we how should we open this mo- how should we open this movie how about a really awesome classic song first first note typo negative is the best way to start any movie <laughs> but, it's, it's in my notes it's but right what there. if we get typo negative to do it <laughs> he sounds like sounds like the dude from silence of the lambs drowning singing seals and crops <laughs> Summer breeze makes me feel fine. Blowing through the jasmine. Bad. It's so bad. It is actually the 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 mood of the song, even done by typo negative, was a perfect way to open up the movie though. I think they chose that because had they had just, you know, some blood bags on them, they could have saved the fisherman's life. Typo and negative. He was type O negative. Yeah. Well, isn't everybody typo oh. negative? Isn't that the uh, universal donor? Oh, is it? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not a doctor, Mike. I'm not a phlebotomist. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, so yeah, so they hit him. He's not actually dead, but because they need to cover up the fact that they hit the dude, they push him off of a dock, and basically, he's dead. Here's where I have several issues with what they did in the beginning of this movie. Okay. <laughs> so they hit the guy, and they're like, fuck, he's dead. And so they go over, and they check him, but they must not have checked him very well, because... When they go to dump him off the dock, he wakes up. Yeah. So he's clearly not dead. No, no, he did that thing where he came back to life. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. all he's already got sort of a like a Michael Myers thing going on. Well, uh, not Michael Myers, but like a I don't know, who's who's dead and then comes back to life. Jason. I don't know. Something like that. Zombies. Zombies. 
Sure. So he's already did, so you you they they obviously didn't check him very well to begin with. No. Did but you they, check for a even, pulse? Well, they even say I'm not a doctor. He looks dead. Like they actually did kind of say that. Come on. Even you idiots know how to check for a pulse, right? So then he know. wakes up on the dock and they push him in the water. Why? If he woke up, he should have been like, oh, shit, we're really sorry we hit you with our car. Let's get you to a doctor. I'm sorry you're dying. Yeah. Um, They were drunk, and they didn't want to go to jail, but they they... should have did what any responsible American does, and you hit him with your car, and you back up, and you run over him again. (laughs) You make sure that he's dead before you throw him off. Double tap. It's the double tap. The double tap. That's that's why that's an important (laughs) rule. In later films, um, yeah. So that's the, that's basically the setup to the story. I don't want to go through like mm-hmm. you know beat by beat, but that's the setup to the story. Um, fast forward a year later, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character she's like distressed. She can't she can't get over the events of what happened that night. She's having a rough time at college. Yeah, almost uh, failing. Yeah, yeah, and and then basically she gets a note saying, "I know what you did last summer," mm-hmm. um, and it's used effectively in this movie as opposed to other movies in the series. Oh gosh! Um, but uh, yeah, so she rounds the crew back up, and basically they need to figure out um, who's killing them. Basically, who's who's well, who they, knows? They think they have an idea because in the year that they've been separated and she's been off at college, she started doing a little research and she found out that. This guy named David Egan was in that area and uh, was found dead, supposedly in the same place where they dumped the body. Yeah. So they're on the they're under the assumption that it was this young guy named David Egan. Yeah. So that's kind of what they're going off of for the time being. And then she realizes that it wasn't. They they fi- they track down his uh, sister later. They figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. Like I said, we don't, I don't want to go beat sure, for beat because yeah. I want to talk about the actual movie. Right. Like things we like, things we didn't. Um, I thought that as 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 an ensemble piece, um, even though the acting wasn't the greatest, this was all of their pretty much first big Hollywood movie. Yeah. Um, and and given I, given that, it's acceptable. I actually think most of the acting was pretty pretty good. I just Freddie, I just think Freddie, Freddie Prince, Prince Jr. Jr. was not terrible. very good. He's terrible. Like um, he was. I can remember back when this movie came. Like he was. He was the looker. Like, all the girls really dug him. I remember my sister just going crazy over him. You know what I mean? So he was just the guy who, you I mean, look you look good, dude, so... he was a spud. <laughs> Why do you keep going to the potato thing? Because he looks like a potato. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's this guy. His face is always like his mouth is wide open. He looks confused. Like an he, Idaho or Redskin? Um, Idaho. Okay. Okay. Yukon, Yukon yellow. Okay. Yeah. Um... No, but he, uh, yeah, he was or just UConn not good. Gold, I meant. He, um, he just had not developed. I don't think his acting chops at that point. Yeah. Um, and 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 it shows a little bit, but I think by and large, you know, it works. It's it's yeah. an it's an entertaining enough movie. Um, yeah, and it, it holds up. You know, a lot of these movies from from the nineties, uh, late nineties or whatever, mid nineties, they they don't hold up. Like they're they're terribly written, they're terribly acted, they're everything else. Mm-hmm. This movie was written by Kevin Williamson, mm-hmm. who wrote the first two Scream movies, mm-hmm. um, and and it shows because he's a great writer. Yeah, um, this movie he had I, actually written this before he wrote Scream, though. Didn't ironically he? enough, yeah. And, and what's weird about it is in the special features on uh, the disc that I have of the first movie here, mm-hmm. 
they talk about how he was hired to write the script after Scream, and they kind of fubbed the uh, the info a little bit for the featurette. Oh. But uh, but yeah, he had written the script well beforehand, um, and this movie is based on a book. I don't know if... Uh, I did not know that before I did my research. I didn't know that either. It, uh, it was a book written by Lois Duncan called I Know What You Did Last Summer. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's very different, though. The book, to best of my knowledge, was not about a guy with a hook that comes back. They added that whole guy, man with the hook mythology that mm-hmm. is in everybody's lore. And I, I, I kind of like that they spun it into, a, like, the whole beginning of the movie, the... the um the tales that they're telling around the bonfire have mm-hmm. a lot to do with a very popular urban legend, sure. including one that's that's very popular up in my hometown of Bruno. You know, yeah. So I, I've always every, really liked every that. Every town aspect. has their yeah. man with a canny man. Yeah, was for another sure. one. Like yeah. every town, every area has like their their man with a hook story. Right. Cropsy was another one. Yeah. Who had a hook. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So so they spun that into it. The, Wait, novel. the original the original Cropsy, like the ag like. The original Cropsy was so. a guy with a hook. I thought that it was, yeah. Really? Yeah, there's a there's a Cropsy documentary on Netflix. Yeah. And I'm I'm ninety percent sure that they talk about the Cropsy myth is the guy with the hook hmm. in uh New York and like Staten oh, Island, cool. that area. Right. I gotta check that uh, out. maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am though. But um but yeah, in the novel though, it's the, the, the four kids, all the character names are the same. They hit the guy. And then after that though, it's more like a Nancy Drew who done it. Mm-hmm. It's not a slasher violence guy with a hook thing. So it does differ quite a bit, but the source material though, you know, the basic story outline is is the same as the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I had no idea this was based on a book when, uh, uh, until I read that. Yeah. I always thought that it was just a, just a, another teen slasher movie and jumping on Scream's dick, you know, that, that's <laughs> kind of what I figured it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what did you, rewatching um, it, did you agree that it held up? Do you? Yeah. I, I, first of all, this, this movie holds uh, a pretty special place in my heart because, I think all the way back on our first episode, I mentioned that I thought that the Blair Witch Project was the first horror movie that I ever saw in theaters. Okay. And then I amended that. I don't know if it was later in that episode or if I amended that later on in our show in another episode, but this was the first movie I ever saw in theaters, first horror movie. Mm-hmm. I actually remember you doing that on your first correction on our follow-up is that what it, episode. Is that what it was? I yeah. Recall, yeah, yeah. So I, I was correcting myself. This was the first horror movie I ever saw. So I was at the ripe old age of twelve nice. at the time, nineteen ninety-seven, and uh, uh, I'm fairly certain this movie made me go through puberty all within <laughs> all within an hour and a half. <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt will have that effect on you. Yes, she I walked will. in going, "Let's go see this movie, guys," and then I walked out. Like, I was that movie was the tip. <laughs> I was obsessed with Jennifer Love Hewitt, just like every yeah. other able bodied and disabled bodied man <laughs> yeah. uh, at the time was. Yeah. Um, and it was the it was the second movie in this franchise that reminded me of that. <laughs> and um I Wait, once you again, weren't reminded in the first? I want no, you know what? She she doesn't I will say this, um and, and this is part be, of why I think be, be careful with what you say here. She she she's not the Jennifer Love Hewitt that I always picture in my head when I think of her. <laughs> Late night, like like maybe shut 15 up, minutes before I go to bed. <laughs> what, 
25 minutes. Um, when I think of Jennifer Love Hewitt, though, the version of her in the second movie mm-hmm. is more what comes to mind than, than her in this first movie. She's very young in this one. She... Um, um, I, and I don't mean this in an overly sexual way, but she wasn't like, she had not filled out yet. Uh, um, she was very, no, she was like really small and skinny in the, in the first movie. Um, yeah, you're giving me these eyes and making me feel like a creeper, even though I'm trying my no, hardest. I'm not, not, I'm not to trying be. to make you feel like a creeper. I'm trying I'm, to. I am a creeper. I get it. Uh, I, no, she was still crazy hot in the first she, one. She was, I'm just saying. <laughs> She was way hotter in the second one. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I see where you... I, I think it was right around the time... I, it was probably right around the the release of the second one that John Mayer wrote the song about her. So, oh. no, that might have been in the 2000s. When did yeah, Continuum come out? No, you know that Your Body is a Wonderland is about her, right? No. Mm-hmm. They were dating, and he wrote that song, and uh, I'd say it was pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, okay, let's. His, uh, his, his Wonderland must have a lot of mountains in it. <laughs> Twin Peaks. <laughs> we're five. We're uh, literally we're literally five years old. Oh boy! All right. Um, I don't know what you expected here. Uh, no, I I like I like her better in the second movie. I will say that though. I think yeah. in the first movie she was still very um, as an actress. She was young. Like mm-hmm. her acting chops had not yet developed yet. Her um, no, they didn't. They, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was just overall better on the second one and I and I, I when I watched the first one it's all great and fine but you can tell they're all very young you can tell that this is like their first big movie yeah. it, it does show a little bit Ryan Phillippe is it's so funny Ryan Phillippe is cast as like this <clears throat> macho jock asshole dude mm-hmm. and he's kind of scrawny in this movie and it's all in his performance. I will say that he probably had the best performance out of any of them. He's a he's a good actor. Like I've always he's a good actor. I've always really liked him. I don't like. He filled I, out in the second one yeah, too. He really filled <laughs> out. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like I, I like he's he's always. I, I, I feel like he's always been kind of underrated. I mean, I know that the, I know that the ladies like him. Yep. He's pretty easy on the eyes, you know. Sure. But uh, as an actor, I I've always thought he's a really good actor. Has he look looks like a young. Um, Justin Timberlake too. Has anybody ever said that? Like you he so? kind of does. Yeah, mm. they both had the ramen hair the ramen back and back in the night. Like they they look very very similar. Cup of soup, cup, cup of noodles, cup, <laughs> cup, cup of noodles on the head. Um, but yeah, I, he had a really strong performance in this movie. I thought, yeah. even though he had to make up for it because, like I said, the character was. Uh, and they talk about this in uh, one of the featurettes. The character was written to be this big jock kind of douchebag guy. Yeah, and they cast him based on his performance. <clears throat> you know, and he was. Not, I think it wasn't that he was like scrawny and skinny, but he wasn't built and ripped the way me, that he was. In to the me, future. I think that's more realistic because, um, I mean, it, think of he was a bully. Yeah. He was a high school bully, sure, and because sure. he was a rich kid, he was a dick. Like if you think about like people, the the stereotype of a bully being like some big hulking bastard. Like that's not always accurate. In- I've been bullied by dudes who were much smaller than me. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. In middle school, I cried from a dude that was like seven inches shorter than me <laughs> what so he was only four three <laughs> <laughs> he was a short little shit um i, thought, a, I thought he was talking about other things i was saying so you mean his, his, his pecker wasn't any <laughs> it went in six and a half inches <laughs> i felt it in my inside no um uh no uh 
point is, I agree with you though. Like back in high school, a lot of those dudes that were would have been in that role, they a lot of them actually were kind of scrawny and they're yeah. scrappy. Yeah. I think that's more that's more the the description. They're yeah. very scrappy. Well, I think I, I especially like in high school, uh, you know, all the all the stereotypes about small guys some of them are very true you know like sometimes they feel like they have to compensate it's for the fact that they're small yeah it's a Napoleon so complex. they're dicks you sure. know there's but yeah anyway uh yeah i thought he did an awesome job um sarah michelle geller was great i'm a big fan of hers mm-hmm. i always like buffy this was uh um, she had just done one season of buffy when this movie came out oh really so she was not necessarily a household name yet yeah. like like she would become because of that series <clears throat> right um and it's so funny she went from basically playing this kick-ass like women's rights phenom and buffy the vampire yeah. slayer to playing the blonde that runs from the guy the and beauty is, pageant queen yeah like it's uh, yeah. such a polar opposite character right and i thought that was kind of fun actually yeah um Joss Whedon was probably pissed because he's trying to build this character that is all like, you know, like the embodiment of Me Too. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but yeah. it really was. Right. Um, and uh, <laughs> then she goes and just plays the ditzy blonde that mm. can't do anything. Well, that's the beauty of actors. They uh, they wear many hats. Ooh. Or wigs if they get their hair <laughs> chopped off in the middle of the night. Uh, but yeah, so By that, the way, so that, I thought she I personally thought she looked better with the shorter hair in this movie. Uh, who's that? Uh, yeah. After after Ben Willis chops her hair off. Oh yeah, I I I agree. Well, she's sleeping. I, agree. I thought he did her a favor. I agree. Like she looked pretty good with the short hair. Looked classy. That was probably just her sister because her sister <laughs> talks about how like you and your hair. It totally <laughs> was her fault. Because she, because Ben Willis is hiding in her closet at the time. She goes, "Oh, you and your hair. You're so obsessed oh with your God, hair." Oh my God, you're right. And I then he's like, the, I never "He's put like, two that's how I can fuck with her. I'll cut her hair off in the middle of the night." I Man, I was just gonna stab her, but I'll fucking cut her hair off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna string this one along for a little while. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. Uh, speaking of of the killer, um, one of the things that is is different about this movie than a lot of slashers and a lot of even of the time and a lot of horror movies in general is that there's not a whole lot of gore in these movies. It's very much more about the suspense and it's, and, and the storytelling of the characters. Um, and even the kills themselves are not overly gory, especially in this in the, movie, especially in this first movie. Yeah. The, I, it's the, it's the not, first it, kill. I think is probably the most gruesome. They're not some, they're not so much gory as they are just incredibly, they're very violent. Like when John, like when Johnny Galecki's character dies, yeah, there's so much aggression in that kill. I I, I really Fun. like like there is some gore there because and that's I think that's actually my favorite kill of the the whole movie. Yeah, I know it is mine too. Because uh, what the hell is his name? Um, uh, what was Johnny Galecki's character? Max. Oh, Max. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's working in a like a a fishery. Is that what you call him? Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know if we said this. Johnny Galecki, by the way, plays the lead in the Big Bang Theory now. If you don't oh, know him yeah. by his actor by his name, uh, he plays um what's his name in Big Bang Theory? Um. Oh gosh, um, uh, I don't watch it habitually, but I yeah, know it. I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, Jay, look it up. Oh uh, well, I'll, I'll name them. I don't. I don't know their names. Okay, their actors' names. Not but I'll watch the show. Not Sheldon. You got Sheldon. You got uh, uh, Leonard. Raj, Leonard. Leonard. Leonard Hofstadter. Leonard. That's the one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, he plays Leonard in Big Bang Theory, so that way people right? know who we're talking about. Is that right, Leonard? Because yeah. Sheldon's the tall guy. Yeah. yeah. Raj is the. Who's the other one? Leonard, and then you got uh, 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 Howard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah, yeah how, so, so yeah, it's Leonard for sure. Um, uh, his kill I think is my favorite one because he's in that. He's like it's the first kill that you see on screen. I love in the first one the sound effect that comes yes, before a kill, the yes. flipping of the coin. 
Because in the beginning of the movie, you see this guy sitting on a cliff, and he's obviously distraught. He's drinking, and he's sitting there flipping this little charm on a necklace, and it makes this very, like, distinct sound. And every time the killer shows up somewhere in the movie... That was the, that was the brother that killed himself. What was the brother that the killed himself? The guy sitting on the, the edge of the cliff flipping the coin. That was the guy... Yeah. That was I. I I'm that putting, was David Egan. I'm putting all this together right now. It didn't dawn. This movie's on me. been out for 21 years, Mike, <laughs> and you're just figuring this out. I just didn't. It didn't. It didn't dawn on me. I remember when I was when I, when I watched it. I go, oh, he but, doesn't look like the old guy. No, That's no, who but, it's supposed to no, be. No, no, like, but he didn't kill himself. Ben Willis killed him. Because at the beginning of the movie, yes, you see yes. him sitting on that cliff because he's distraught because he caused his girlfriend. To die in a car accident? Yep. Was it a car accident? And, and so obviously her father, her father is to Ben Willis. And he was out, happened to be out there. They hit him with the car. And gotcha. he took that charm from him, probably because it was it probably belonged to his daughter. I don't. I knew. So he took the I charm knew. back, and then every time he shows up somewhere else in the movie, you hear that little ping yes. sound because he's flipping that coin. So, so I I put I knew that that obviously he had killed him, mm-hmm. but I didn't put two and two together that he was the guy in the very very beginning because. Again, I hadn't watched this movie in 15 years, so yeah. I forgot about that storyline. So mm-hmm. when they showed him, I know I obviously noticed him, but it didn't like I didn't keep him in my Rolodex. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because they never go back to him right. ever, uh, except for when they're talking to Anne Hayes. But character. they don't like, but they don't reference that scene. You know what I'm saying? Like right, a lot of right. movies, they'll do like a flashback and show you the guy. Right. They don't do that. Yeah. Well, because so, they kind of want to. They want to put want into you to your be head. Smart. They put it. They want to <laughs> put into your head for the majority of the movie that it's him uh-huh. killing everybody. Like taking revenge because these kids yep. hit him with a car, but it's actually I'm catching up now. Yeah, but it's actually Ben Willis because they hit him with a car and he's pissed. But he's also you find out in the second movie he's just a psycho. Yeah, so it kind of it all makes sense when you start thinking about That's it. That's true. Uh, what the hell were we talking about? Why? Why talking about start... uh, the kills. Oh, um, well, Johnny Galecki's kill. Like it's it's the first one. It's where he it's where Ben Willis gets the hook for the first time, and you just see him. There's he's in this steamy room. I always thought this was very cool, and then you just kind of see the outline of the rain slicker yep. and the fisherman's hat, yep. just sort of like just the outline, just faintly in the fog or the steam, and then all of a sudden the hook comes out of nowhere from underneath uh, Max's chin. And goes up through his jaw and yeah. like comes out of his mouth. It's and so he, amazingly and gross. And then he rips him like he pulls him over the uh, like the boil pots or whatever he's standing over. And I just it's he's like boiling so, uh, crabs or lobsters. Yeah, something like it that. It's just so brutal. I'm, um, I've always loved that kill. So here's the thing about the kills. Uh, uh, Jim Gillespie, who uh, directed the movie, mm-hmm. he wanted to make the movie with very very little blood and gore. Mm-hmm. He intentionally made the movie that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that scene, that very first scene, was not in the original cut of the movie oh it they went back and refilmed it because the studio wanted something that was a little bit more grabby a little bit more whatever <laughs> grabby. um with the blood that's why it's so much more violent though you see the blood streak and everything else the only uh, only other scene that shows a lot of blood is when one of the characters i forget who it is is getting their throat slipped and this huge slice of blood it's the uh, sister so, yeah it goes played yes. by uh, bridget Bridget yeah, Wilson when Sampers. when she dies, she gets her throat slit by the hook, mm-hmm. and there's a big thing of blood. That I I don't believe, and maybe I have this wrong. I will double check after tonight. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that blood was even there. It was all it was. There was no blood in this movie because the director really wanted it that, to be. That blood was there. I I remember that uh, that scene pretty well. From no, when I was I'm here. talking about in the first cut of the movie, like, oh. like when they were showing producers, like before it was released. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and they asked them to put a little bit more in to appeal, you know, 
they felt like that it needed it. That's why they put that scene with uh, with Max in mm-hmm. the beginning. So I've always, I've always thought that that kill was because uh, he goes on to do that several more times in the series. I've always thought that was pretty impressive because the the hook is not a very it doesn't seem like it would be a very accurate tool. I just assumed that he had terrible aim and he almost missed them every single time. Yeah, I just like to <laughs> just to like slice somebody's throat with the because he's holding it backhanded sort of, and to slice somebody's throat like you're pretty good with that thing. He was smart. Unless he sharpened the outer edge. I was gonna say edge. if he was smart, he would have sharpened the yeah, outer edge. That, to be, that would make sense. But yeah. he didn't because you see the hook close up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But um, anyway, <clears throat> uh, so do you have favorite kills or anything in this movie? Well, the first or? one. The first one first was one, hands yeah. down my favorite kill. Um, I do have a couple questions. Okay. Before we move on to the second movie, I have a couple questions. All right. How how does one remove a body from a trunk in a matter of about 10 minutes when there are Covered crabs, crabs and yeah. blood and it looks like it just came back from uh oh better get mako. I've, like how, how does <laughs> I've always wondered that too. That was that was he does that I think two or three times in the movie where he or, But that's or, the most that's the, the the scene that we opened the show with, the very iconic scene. Yeah. Which by the way uh, per Jennifer Love Hewitt interview, that scene was directed by a kid who won a contest. Really? And it was the kid's idea to go into the middle of the street and just start yelling. And everybody thought that it was a stupid idea until they started actually doing it and seeing the footage. And then they everyone loved it, and it became the most iconic I was scene say, that's, of the entire that's franchise. Probably, yeah, like that's probably the most recognizable. It's one of the most scene. iconic scenes of of the those types of movies from that era like the too. teen ensemble horror yeah but uh yeah that was directed by wow. a kid that won a contest that's really cool you're not gonna find that shit on imdb yeah where did you find it i i did i deep dived i looked on interviews and them talking about it the old deep dive huh yeah nice i was deep diving on general love hewitt i just happened to find <laughs> it i'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> oh boy um yeah that's that's really cool uh so they, you know, they find out that it's not David Egan. They find out it's Ben Willis, and then they spend the rest of the movie running from him. I've always uh, just... Oh, did you have another question? You said you had a couple questions. Um, the other part, you asked me my favorite parts were... I had one question, and then I had another part that was just like a really cool part mm-hmm. that I loved. Okay. And that was the shot when Sarah Michelle Gellar is in her house, mm-hmm. and she is walking around. She's rounding the corner to go up her stairs to go up to her room. And right as she's rounding the corner to go up the stairs, the camera pans to the right, and you just barely see the fisherman walking across the hall, uh, rounding the corner at the top of the stairs, and they just miss each other to be within eyesight of each other. And it was a really, really cool scene. I'm like, Which I, part is that? Uh, it's when Sarah Michelle Gellar's in her house, uh, and the it's when the the it's it's before he goes oh, into her closet. Okay, I th- okay, yeah. I in thought, the, in the I thought you the meant movie. Jennifer Love Hewitt. No, okay, no. yeah. Uh, and it was just a party. really, really cool shot. It was yeah. really effective. And I was like, oh, my God, they just missed each other. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, my other favorite part of the movie is not its not a scene. It's not a kill. It's not an acting choice. It is a song choice. What's that? And that is the Lead Belly song that oh, they are yeah. playing, Where Did You Sleep at Night? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I forget where I forget where it was at. I just... I wrote a note down mm-hmm. that that fucking Lead Belly song was in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's the only other time I've ever heard that song used outside of the fucking Nirvana. You have you unplug. ever had you ever heard the actual oh, Lead yeah, Belly version it, of it? Okay. But I've never seen it used anywhere. Yeah, like that song's famous because Kurt Cobain sang it at the uh, unplug. Yeah. That's why it's famous, and it was in this. It makes me yeah. wonder since this movie, the soundtrack was a lot of that alt rock '90s stuff. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if. 
the reason that that song is in here is because somebody was a huge Nirvana fan, and mm. that song is so iconic. Yeah, I they wanted to use it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's conjecture, but yeah, why else would a Lead Belly song be used when all these other alt rock songs are being used? Yeah, kind of out of place, but not really. I mean, it fit. I can't. I can't remember the scene, but I, I, I remember. I remember picking it. up on it and thinking that it fit the scene. Re- oh, it was when they went to uh, see Missy. That yep. And that made sense because she was this like just this she was country living. She was out there all by herself in the sticks, and it totally made sense that she would be listening to this old Lead Belly record. Yeah, for sure. But I know I loved that. I was like, oh, that's a deep cut, and Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, that's cool. uh, Anyway, that's that's I know you did last summer. Um, Iconic first movie of the franchise. Yep, they leave it. They leave it open ended. They leave it open for for a sequel. Which was it a dream at the end? Was oh was it a dream? That's I mean, that's the big how they question. explain it. Well, yeah. Well, they actually they actually say it in number two though. But what about the ending of the second movie? Was it a dream? Oh my <laughs> god! What about the ending of the third movie? Was it a dream? Like no, that was a nightmare. No. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Touche. All right. So moving on to uh, one year later, 1997. Mm-hmm, they got uh, this they one really, quick. really shit this movie out. They must have done. They, so they they pretty much went back to back with these. They had to have, yeah. right? They had mm-hmm. to have. So 1997. I still know what you did last summer. Directed by a guy named Danny Cannon, who would uh, who would direct such seminal films or film, I should say. As uh, the Sylvester Stallone starring Judge Dredd. Yes. <laughs> Need I mean, you say more? <laughs> yeah. What else? What else do you really have to say about that? I do that? love that movie. Um, so here we go. Uh, the murderous fisherman with a hook is back once again to stalk the two surviving teens, Julie and Ray, who had left him for dead, as well as cause even more murder and mayhem. This time at a posh island resort. Let me get this. Let me just show that to you real quick. What is that? Because that's frightening. <laughs> what? There's on IMDb, like in this the... This is the difference between Jennifer Love Hewitt's. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. <laughs> on IMDb, down in the like the videos section for this movie, the, the first one is, a, is the trailer, and it's just like a screen cap of Jennifer Love Hewitt, but she's mid-yell or something, but it's like in between frames. She's so mid-metamorphosis, but she's, she's like, but she's mid. She looks like the thing. Uh, she looks like the thing from uh, the Scream. Yes. That uh, that painting, the Scream. Uh, that's like more the third picture. But what? No. I don't know. I don't, I don't not, see Scream. Not Scream the movie. No, I know. I'm talking, I was talking about. The, okay, go to hell, Mike. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, she looks terrifying. Though. Yeah, she does. Um, okay, so. I, I need to get this 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 out right off the bat. I'm gonna go on record and I'm gonna say it. I think I still know what you did last summer is better than I know what you did last summer. What? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that it is better I in think, terms. I, th- I think you've been eating. No, too, you've no, been, you know what? You've I been will eat, say it. You've been eating too many Hopcat crack fries. <laughs> what? <laughs> they, um, they've gone to your head. Okay, I'll, I'll, let's let, let's let's run through it. Mm-hmm. The acting was better. The act, the acting was better. Freddie Prince Jr. was way better in this one. Jennifer Love Hewitt was way better in this one. Mackay Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer was, was bad an established. In this movie. No, he was bad. I don't I'm think sorry. he was. I didn't like him I, in this movie. I, I like Mackay Pfeiffer, but I hated him in this movie. I thought he was fine. I, think, I thought that he. I, I, think I thought it was, he played the character. I don't. I, I. I. He did a good job. I think it was the writing for his character. That uh, okay, I didn't so like. don't fault the writing. Kevin Williamson didn't write this one. Okay. It was somebody else that came in. All right. Um, Brandy was fine. I've actually always thought Brandy was pretty fine in uh, fine fine in, uh, yeah. in um, 
uh, the boy's mind video, for example. The boy which, is which mine. Which Mackay Pfeiffer was the boy. Yeah, that's true. In that video. I love that song. Brandy and Monique. Yeah. Not Monique, you, Monica. Or Monica. Were you a Monica or a Brandy uh, side? Oh, jeez. I, I went like back and forth, but I think at the time I was more... <laughs> this is a really in-depth thing for you. I think at the time I was more Monica. Ooh, I was a Mackay Pfeiffer but guy. I'd, Fuck them both. I'd say these that's... days, I'd, say these days I'd, I'd lean more toward Brandy. Um... That's just because you're an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I I thought that he serviced his character fine as far as the acting goes. <laughs> I, think, I think Brandy serviced <laughs> his character. <laughs> I, I thought the acting, though, was honest to God way better. I thought that I love, I know the setting is super cliche and weird and it's on like the Bahaman, Bahamas or whatever on an island. Please don't say Jack Black. Um, no, Jack Black was terrible, he was but he's, fucking, I mean, I love, I love Jack Black, but he was why, terrible in this movie. So outside of the better acting, the, the movie looked better. There was more money behind it. It was, it, it just looked better. It had a better look to it. It was clear. It was crisper. It was cleaner. It was See, I actually, polished more. This is where I prefer the grit of the original. The, the original doesn't have grit though. That's that. See, and that's the thing. It compared to a highly poli- highly highly polished like blockbuster film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. But it wasn't. I, I I don't know. I I get what you're saying. These and I've said this before though. These these late these mid to late nineties early two thousands horror movies that have this ungodly amount of polish on them yeah i prefer the polish because that's what that era signified to me yeah. i like the polish because it, it it's what that era was for 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 horror movies um so it so for, okay so acted better i think that it looked better um i loved the island setting i really did i thought it was cool i thought it was different i thought that it was it also reminded me a lot of this is just the serious version of club dread yeah, because it's the exact same movie. Yeah, it, is. it really is. If you've never seen Broken Lizards, uh, the guys that did Super Troopers, yeah, they made a movie, a horror movie, a horror comedy called Club Dread, mm-hmm. and it's them in basically a, a Caribbean island with the same ca- Jack Black's character is literally played by Farva. Yeah, uh, like the exact guy. Yeah, they really, they really are very similar. It's movies. the same movie, only one's a comedy and one's serious. And right. I kind of, lo- I love Club Dread so much, so maybe that's why I kind of loved this version of it i thought it was i thought it was cool because you know the gore I, the gore was better there was uh, way more blood there not, was yeah. not an overabundance of it but there was enough to to appeal more to my sensibilities when when it comes to slasher movies and i did i thought that i thought the twist like the, the twist how, was fine how they got I, I, like because the twist t- reveal was god awful well, get that yeah but the uh <laughs> like the twist was the twist was clever the whole idea of like winning a trip to to the bahamas and they and, got me because i'm a stupid person um, I didn't realize that Rio wasn't the the capital of Brazil. Oh, really? Because I'm a stupid person. Yeah, you're dumb. And I realized it like halfway through. I'm like, wait a minute. Is Rio the... Ca- wait a minute. And I looked it up and I go, it's Brazilia. Oh, Brazilia. Oh, my God. Like, But it got me because I'm an idiot. Like, it worked. It got it, them, too, because they were idiots. It worked on exactly the level it was supposed to. You would be dead right now. I would be. Because you'd be going to a Bahaman island. I mean, if you're going to die... Being, Bahamas, on a, right? being in the Bahamas is a good place to die. Uh, it had Jeffrey Combs in it. Yeah. I completely forgot Jeffrey yeah. Combs was in this. Well, I think because this one I may have only seen once. Okay. And this came out in 98, not 97. Okay. 
Uh, you said 97 earlier. So the, okay, the first one came um, out in 97 then. Right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, back when this came out, I had no idea who Jeffrey Combs was. Neither did I. And, uh, and, and since, he, I've become a big fan. He plays... And when he popped up in this movie, I was like, yes, Yes, he plays awesome. the same character he played in The Frighteners. This really weird dude with like <laughs> yeah. a tick. Like, it's kind of like the same... Uh, yeah. It's different, but the same. Yeah, very quirky. So, okay, so... Everything that I'm saying that is better, though, are you seriously going to disagree with me that this movie's not the better movie of the two? Yes. It's more fun. Mm. I had way more fun with the second movie than I did the first one. And and to me, that's what these movies are supposed to be. They're hip. They're stylish. They're fun. They're clever. Like... But that's what I you know, expect. You should you should write for I a magazine. Write. It's hip. It's stylish. It's, it's clever. But but that's what I expect out of these movies. They're mm. not supposed to be these dark horror slasher movies. They're not supposed They're su- to be dark and stormy. Hey. But and I don't know. So when I look at it, the second one I think was better. I really do think so. I would okay. In, in in every in in every check mark, it's it's better for me. I would say okay. So. Um, I, I, I know what you did last summer, which I think this is ridiculous, holds a 5.7 on IMDb. Yeah. I would personally put it somewhere in the... Like sevens? Uh, like the eight range. Ooh, Especially okay. just because, like... Aside, five, aside from it. Aside from it being, to me, a good slasher film, like I said, it holds a special place in my heart. Sure. This one I would put at like a... If I gave if I gave that an eight, I would give this one a seven five. Wow, really? I still really liked it. I think that you're I think you're caught up on just the classicness of the first one, which yeah, is fine. That, that, yeah, that, that, that that's fine. A lot, I can do but... that. Yeah, but I I yeah. Well, I just you're, you're wrong. I'm just telling you. Well, um, okay. So the cast in I still know what you did last summer. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt reprises her role as Julie. Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, reprises his role as as Ray. Ray, but way better. Um, you have again Brandy who plays Carla. Mackay Pfeiffer who plays Tyrell. Uh, Muse Watson is back as Ben Willis, the mm-hmm. fisherman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Bill Cobbs as Estes. I love Bill Cobbs. He's one of those character actors that kind of shows up in random movies. Yeah. Uh, and in this movie in particular, I love his his reveal that he does like dark arts. I'm like, of course the fucking bell guy does dark arts <laughs> on the Bahamut Island. Of course he does. Um, again, Jeffrey Combs. Then you have Jennifer uh, Esposito who plays Nancy. Mm-hmm. She's the other main, not main, but yeah, she bigger, she bigger supporting cast. Bit, yeah. And then Jack Black, uh, uncredited, which I thought was weird. Yeah, He's an uncredited character, but he plays Titus uh, Weed Dude. Um, <laughs> so... It, right off the bat, like I said, this movie looks better than the first one. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing that caught me eye. Jennifer Love Hewitt looks, um, not to make puns and jokes again, but she looks like a more established actress at this point. Mm-hmm. Like she really does. Even though this movie is only a year apart, it looked like like she had just grown as a person, mm-hmm. leaps and bounds from the first to the second one. She looks kind of like the Jennifer Love Hewitt we're used to seeing these days. Yeah. She really did. Mm-hmm. Um, that ass. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. So, so the movie starts off. Or whatever. She's she's uh, she's super scarred from the events of the first movie. You know, she's um, she's not doing well. You know, she's probably call it PTSD nowadays. Absolutely. You know. And so I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay. I get it. Like, she went through this horrific experience where she thought she killed a dude. Mm-hmm. He comes back, kills her friends in front of her. Like, this is a horrifying... And family. He also s- killed her... S- yeah. Oh, not, no, 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 no. That wasn't her sister. That was... Uh, no, it was her... Oh, no, 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 it was, no, no, it was uh, what's Sarah Michelle's sister. sister. Yeah. But, like, so this is, like, this horrifying thing that happened. I would expect anybody 
to be scarred by this mm-hmm. and like years of therapy. And then you got Freddie Prince Jr. I'm totally fine. Working the dots. Nothing scares me. Well, like, why, don't, why don't you come back to, to the festival like, where this dude tried to kill us dude, all and dude, celebrate with he's me? He's supposed to be like the face character in this whole thing. He's supposed to be the good dude. I just yeah. dropped a wrestling term on you. Um, <laughs> he's supposed to be the good dude, though. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Like, uh, like he's he's like the nice guy. He's the the love interest. He's a royal fucking dick. Turns out to be a total heel. Oh, oh, oh yes. yeah, yeah, wrestling thing, right? Isn't that um, right? That's right. Uh, no, but like, like, she's basically saying, I don't want to go back t- to this town where I watched people get slaughtered because I'm having a hard time with it. And he just walks away from her like a fucking asshole that just got like his puppy stepped on. And actually, I'd be pretty pissed if someone stepped on my yeah. puppy too. But well, like, that's how John Wick starts. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, but he's like such a dick though. It's like, like here's like this nice dude that just can't wrap his head around that his girlfriend is having a hard time with something. Like, yeah. what a fucking dick. Yeah. And he just walks away from her. Well, I mean, obviously, they and need then that for the story that he's arc. And I'm like... on proposing to her. Yeah. And he still acts... Like a child. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta work this weekend. <laughs> so I'm asking you to go with me, Julie Jan- Jennifer Love Hewitt, with me to the Bahamas. This is even before the Bahama part, though. Like, this all takes like, place before they win the trip. Like, well, yeah, I know that. But then, even still, when she but asks him still, to go to the Bahamas, yeah. it's like. Quit it, your quit your job if you have takes, to. You can find another job on the docks. It you takes dickhead. the dude that's working with him on the docks to know that he's straight lying on the phone and tell him that he's an idiot. Yeah, what are you doing? Oh, like, I guy, just don't understand that. That guy was played arc. by John John Hawks, by the way. Who's, uh, he's gone on small, to small role, but yeah, small was, role. He's a very well established actor. He was in uh, Three Billboards last oh, year. Oh, was he? Okay, yeah, he was in. Uh, Ah uh, shit! What, what was that other one? Winter's Bone. I, he's been, he's been in like a bunch of Oscar. I'll give you a Winter's Bone. Oscar nominated <laughs> movies now, so he's a he's a very good actor. Um, yeah. So so yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. is a dick until he realizes he's a dick, mm-hmm. and then he becomes a good guy again. It's like maybe he's bipolar or something like that. Who knows? He's he's just so back and forth though. Like, yeah. um. Anyway, uh, so Freddie Prince Jr. it basically plays that character. It's not until too late when he realizes that shit's going down. Mm-hmm. You know, he finally turns his leaf over and he's going to go meet her when they win the trip to the Bahamas, mm-hmm. and um, gets into a car accident because the fisherman's back, and he realizes right then and there that oh shit, this guy's not dead. He knows that he's going to come after her next because well, she's the only other surviving member. Well, hold on though, he does of something. The group. He does something so stupid. So he's going with he's he's taking his buddy Dave here, played by John Hawks. Yeah. They're gonna. Dave's gonna go up and hang out with his his buddies. So he's driving with them. They stop because there's a car on the side of the road with a body laying on the ground, in the middle of the road. In a slicker. Yeah, he's a Freddie. Uh, uh, Ray is approaching this body, and he can clearly see that it's wearing a giant slicker and a giant fisherman hat. Yep. Just one year prior, a dude wearing a slicker and a fisherman hat tried to murder you and all of your friends, and yeah, was successful I- on most accounts. Why? Because how you're so stupid. That scene doesn't make sense, and I and I actually have in my uh, in my notes here uh, that Ray's friend uh, is an asshole because he sees a dead guy in the middle of the road and just wants to leave him there. Like he's been even the friend is like, I'm sorry, if I saw a body lying in the middle of the road after an accident, I would at least stop to see if the dude's okay. So in that respect, I get Ray stopping. But once you see that he's in a slicker, and this is the same thing of the dude that killed all your friends maybe uh back up a little bit 
I call I'll, me crazy. I'll be honest. And now we have we have a uh, we have an advantage here because we live in the days of the cellu- cellular communications unit. Yes. This I've, this I've movie. Always, I've always way, got a cell phone used on me. Pay phones. Right. I've always got a cell phone <laughs> on me, so I would have called the cops if I saw that body laying in the road because you hear about this stuff too often, like where people set up these types of situations where it's like you look like somebody's on the side of the road and they look like they're having an emergency or they're like working on their car and then you pull over to be a good guy and you go, hey, you need some help, pal? And they're like, oh yeah, you can give me your car and I'm going to kill you. That's the type of stuff that freaks me out. Maybe I, I watch too many horror movies, but I wouldn't have approached that body on this weird well, back I like, back highway road. I would have because if I would have like left and then I wouldn't hear have on left. the news later that like some dude was alive, but then he died later, like I would have felt guilty. I wouldn't have left. I just there. It seems like there would have been a smarter way to go about it. Like well, you even would have if... sat there and just watched him till he died. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're not, you're not alone, bro. <laughs> Well, even, even his friend said, though, there's a, probably a phone in the next town. His friend did say that. I don't know. I would still stop, though. That's just my nature. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, yeah, I, 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 it's up in the air for me. Yeah. I like to think I'm a good Samaritan and I would do anything to help anybody in trouble, but I don't know. You yeah. run him over again. <laughs> <laughs> just do the double tap. You what don't have he, to worry about what it. What if he's alive? Nope, he's dead now. <laughs> Don't have to worry. <laughs> Let's about go it. to the Bahamas. Um, yeah, so so he's on his way. Uh, they uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Brandy uh, answer a question on a radio show to win a trip to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very correct answer. Wink, wink. By the way, um, but uh, the capital to Brazil is not Rio, <laughs> even though they say that it is, and they win a trip to the Bahamas. By the way, the the way she figured that out so quickly was by going into her cupboard. Grabbing a bag of coffee. Grabbing a bag of coffee and and seeing, like, that was, that whole thing was stupid. Yeah, but didn't you know that all coffee is made in capitals? All coffee is, all, like, most coffee comes from Colombia, not even from Brazil, so why? They could have said Colombia and they probably would have given it to him anyway because yeah. he No, yeah, I know, because they wanted to draw him there, but Which still. I will say this, um, it seems very expensive to bring them to an island just to kill them. Those plane tickets ain't cheap. They had to pay for the uh, had to pay for the 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 resort fees. That's true. And the killer had to pay for four plane tickets, mm-hmm. four rooms for what a week the, the, at the resort. And they were they were the honeymoon suites too. Where did where did the fisherman get all this money from? That's what I want to know. Yeah, he's just a fisherman. <laughs> well. He had a good pole. Yeah, man. he had a good good I, year. I, I, I mean, but he was but he's been dead for two years you've supposedly. Seen, like, you've you seen can't... Deadliest Catch before. Those guys yeah. pull in like thirty grand in a week. I don't know. It seems like a very expensive way to kill people when you could literally <laughs> just kill them in their hometown. Still, if you want revenge, there's no theater in that, Michael. <laughs> Sorry, um, that that struck me as odd. Um, yeah, so so they they go there. Uh, Freddie Prince decides to surprise her because Jennifer Love Hewitt's like, "We'll try to make it on this trip, you know. You know, I want you to be here." And so he decides to not tell her he's going to come. He's going to surprise her. Mm-hmm. So when he doesn't show up because the fisherman is doing his thing, she thinks that she that he just ignored her. And uh, we get new this new character, uh, uh, Will. Will. Uh, this new Will, character, Will, Will Benson. Will Benson, uh, stop, mm-hmm. just, just, just stop. Uh, Will Benson, uh, who was going on the trip solely to love Hewitt's, um, he's there. He's there for that reason. Yeah. 
Um, okay, yeah. so you know, should... you know, what's weird is like in the beginning of the movie, you know how like the hot girl always have some dorky friend who wants her. That's what I thought he was. I thought he was supposed to be the dorky guy. And then Brandy starts talking about like, oh, there's Will. He's looking all fine. And I'm like, really? The dude in the like the pleated front khakis in a polo shirt? Oh, that guy's looking fine. Khakis, man. Guy who lo- looks like he didn't comb his hair today. <laughs> like, what? It's true. He's it's true. look fine. Whatever. Um, I guess it's the '90s. If it, <laughs> a lot to be said for that excuse. <laughs> um, you, you could do wear, you remember what you looked like in the '90s? You could wear one of those ball chain necklaces and be fine back then. I had one. Oh, I did too. Bigger Damn the straight. better. Hot really? topic. All well, the way. I didn't. I didn't do the bigger the better thing. That was uh, that was for the kids with blue Liberty spikes. I <laughs> had I had huge balls back in the '90s. Yeah, you did. Um, Anyway, so so uh, once again, we're not gonna get, we're not gonna go through this step by step, but that just gets you to them being on the island, and that's kind of where the fun starts. Right. Um, the island ends up being uh, it's the end of storm season, so there's nobody there. Uh, it's basically deserted. it's the beginning of storm or season. beginning. That's what I meant. Sorry. So it's basically deserted. You only have Jeffrey Combs' character who runs the uh, resort, the bartender, and the bellboy. Right. And and, and a and couple and like a, a dock hand and I'm like a whatever the hell Jack Black was the weed dealer yeah weed dealer he was I the guess. resorts weed dealer <laughs> um, so there's really only the, yeah there's like maybe with the inclusion of these four kids there's maybe ten people on the island pretty much something um, like that pretty much and they all get uh, you know he, he he really kills without discrimination. In this one, he does. And in this one, he kills anybody that gets in his way. But they give a little bit more of a backstory to this yeah. one, saying that he's like he used to work at the hotel and he's from the island. He worked at the he hotel. He brought them back there for some reason. Well, he worked at the hotel, and his wife and his two children were there with him. And then what? What happened? Um, he killed his wife and stuffed her in a closet. Pieces yeah. of her. They yeah. found the pieces. So he killed it. So you are, this is where it sets up the fact that he's a, you already know like he's a psychopath. Sure. And that's why he's kind of killing without so discrimination they ex- because they expand on the fisherman character. I don't know if it's for the better. I'll give that. Like that's yeah. a bit of a detriment because let's be honest, they had to do something with him and this is I yeah, guess, all they could give him. That's kind of that's why I've, I always liked the arc in the in the first movie in the that third one? he was Me too. Yeah. <laughs> no, in the first movie because it was like strictly a revenge story, you know. Yeah. And, and it really was. Right. Um, that being said, though, like I said, I kind of like the fact that he's there's more to him in this one. You mm-hmm. know, it gives an excuse to broaden the story. I'm not saying that it's the best by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I don't expect these movies to be the best. So I'm okay with it. Right. You know. Um, but yeah. So what I liked about this movie, especially over the the first one. Um, like I said, it's just more fun. Mm-hmm. Every single scene plays better. Mm-hmm. It just does. It, the, the because of the acting, because of the setting, everything else. Every scene just feels bigger. It just feels better. It feels more uh, suspenseful in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. It's it's more fun. The atmosphere makes it better. You know, it, it's just kind of like everything in this movie works to its advantage, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I told this to Vito. I was talking to Vito about it. He just recently rewatched the entire trilogy himself. What did he say about? Uh, he agreed. What? He actually agrees that, that, that he that he or at least he understands why I like the second one better. Did um, he wait? Hold on. Did he agree with you? I think that he did. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna ask him. He Correction might not have, for next week. He yeah. might not have given me a solid answer on that. To be honest, <laughs> I'm but, gonna ask him privately. Um, 
But no, he had a lot of fun with this one too, though. Like, he, this is a great movie. Oh, for you, pour yourself some beers, you have some fun, and you and you watch it. Yeah, and don't, it's fantastic. Don't, don't get me wrong, I had a lot of fun watching this movie, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just didn't like it as much as the first one. I will say this: I'm fairly certain that these first two movies only exist to further Jennifer Love Hewitt's singing career. Because she has hit singles from both movies, and the whole karaoke scene really makes her singing shine. <laughs> yeah, I actually loved. Uh, so Jennifer Esposito plays Nancy, the bartender, and she kind of takes a shot uh, at at the whole like actor being a musician thing and that. Because she gets up and she's singing um, "I Will Survive." Yep. Uh, uh, you know, odd choice considering the circumstances. And she's singing, they, they pan back to um, Nancy, and she's just like, everybody's a fucking singer these days. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Um, the Her single from this movie mm-hmm. that they play in the end credits? Yep. Oh, it's not great. It's bad. There's a music video for it on the DVD, yeah. and uh, I watched it. It's... Uh, mm, yeah, not good. Oh. Not good. Uh, this movie, I think, I could be wrong on this, and this could be a correction, might have had the first tanning bed almost kill in it the tanning bed kills is, is like a kind of a cliche in a lot of horror movies yeah, like final destination two or whatever yep, the hell yep, is it yeah yep. and this one they had it she didn't die obviously in yeah. it but I, th- I think this might have been the first time that we've seen a tanning bed used as a weapon it's quite uh, possible i might i'm gonna do my research on that but i yeah. think that it is i saw that and go oh is this where it like originated yeah. and in other movies they actually did it to fruition where they actually kill them yeah. or or yeah, at least be, name them yeah that'd be interesting to look um, into I definitely thought that it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Combs has a great death scene in this movie. I thought that his was his was fantastic. Uh, you don't see him die. You see the no, aftermath. No, it's the aftermath. Yeah. It's, it's the death scene, yeah. like, oh, okay. it, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I thought his was really cool. I thought, as far as all the deaths go, um, like the first movie, there's not a ton of blood. There's more so in mm-hmm. this one. But they're all very much the same types of kills. It's yep. the hook through the throat. It's the slashes through the throat, hook in the gut. Yeah, does anybody pretty much does the anybody main kills. does anybody die uh not by the hook aside from Jack Black's character? The cuz he gets stabbed with uh like tr- uh, like garden shears. He gets yeah, he gets stabbed in the chest with garden shears. I think everybody else pretty much dies by the hook. Yeah. Yeah. Burning style. Oh no, uh Jennifer Esposito gets stabbed with the harpoon. Because Estes uh, falls on top of her, and he's callback. got it. He's, that's a callback to uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Totally. Um, yeah, I, I, I like. I like. I said, I'm not trying to put this movie down. I really liked it. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, favorite parts. My favorite kill was. I can't really think of my favorite kill. But I do like in both of these first movies, like something that's very brutal to me, is how he tra- tra- uh, like how he gets the body from place to place. Yeah, which is by taking the hook and stabbing it like in their diaphragm it's and un- using it literally as a meat hook. Yeah, and like dragging underneath their ribs and then carrying them that yep. way. Like that. That was always super brutal to me. I agree. And I, I like agree. that. Because uh, the, treating people as a piece of meat, basically, right. is, is all it is. Uh, the twist is good. The reveal, like you said earlier, is terrible. So, okay, we have to talk about the reveal. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Will, right? Mm-hmm. Is his name Will? Will Benson, at the very end, when he, and when, when the reveal comes that Will is not who you think he is, mm-hmm. he goes, my name is Will Benson. Benson. <laughs> Get it? 
And then he goes, oh, hi, Dad. <laughs> oh, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. It's the worst. Uh, yeah. How does anybody write that and go, yep, gold. Oh, yeah. This that's, is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to go <laughs> with that. It's atrocious. It's 90s, man. Oh, it's, <laughs> even for 90s standards. We had Scream in the 90s, which were super smart, super great. Mm-hmm. Like, And this movie, like I said, is great, too. But like, you would never find that line in a Scream movie. You just you just yeah, wouldn't. No, it's, that was it's awful. Just oh, one of those things. So I think for them, a joke to them to be like, we're gonna put this right there, plain as day, and no one's gonna notice it. Yeah, until, you know, <laughs> I, it's got like just like a joke to the. Yeah, the, the fact the, that his name is Benson is pretty clever. Like ben, but the fact that he like has to say it to your face. It's like Benson. It's like, <laughs> like the audience is stupid. Yeah. You have to spell it out for uh, them. Like, that's, you're, Pretty You're much stupid what it is. people. Oh, um, I I do know my favorite kill. What's up? It was the kill of um, the fisherman. Uh, what the hell's his name? Will Ben or not Will Benson? Uh, ben Davis. Ben Davis. Yes. The reason I love his kill so much is because it's magic. Because Freddie Prince Jr. stops and pawns the engagement ring for a six shooter. Yes. And then he gets to the island. He goes to kill, uh, um, Ben. Davis, and he sh- pulls the trigger on that six shooter, and there's no, and there's nothing in the chamber. I have a feeling I know what you're getting at, and I didn't notice it. And but... then he gets his ass kicked, and he drops the gun, and then right after Freddie Prince Jr. manages to get uh, Ben to accidentally kill his son, Ben's son. <laughs> all of a sudden, you start hearing shots ring out, and there are a total of eight <laughs> in a six shooter. That clearly already had one chamber that wasn't loaded. So how did she do that? Do you believe in magic? And And I hope you do. We're going to shoot the fisherman with eight shots to you. Yeah, that was good. That's why you're a singer in a band. It's real good. Not going to sign him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, you're right. I didn't notice that, but... yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much, uh, you find, like, uh, so so Ray and Julie, they're alive at the end, just like in the first one. You also find out that uh, for some reason... Remember that, remember that tidbit. Okay. That the three of them are alive, because... For uh, some reason, for some reason, he left Carla alive as well, who was Brandy. Yep. Because he had her right there, he could have killed her easily, but she stays alive. Who knows what happened after that, they don't show it, she could have scurried away. They get back to the mainland, you suddenly find out that Julie and Ray have bought a house, and they're living a happy life, and and then right at the end, you see that Ben is under her bed and drags her under the bed and yeah. supposedly kills her. Who knows? Yeah. Or is it a dream? Or is it a dream? Uh, okay, I have uh, lit the first movie. I have a couple questions. We're going to address them quickly and then move on to the greatest movie of the trilogy. You also have and to... And spend about 30 seconds Yeah, <laughs> you also have to explain the Halloween connection at some point. Oh, the Halloween connection. See, uh, I told no, you. No, no, but this one was different. Uh, Halloween was three. This one okay, was... Okay, Peter Jackson connection. So Peter Jackson was originally approached to direct this movie. Really? Can you imagine this movie if Peter Jackson would have directed it? Yeah, that would have been so interesting. Much better. Mm-hmm. It would have been. I love it, but it would have been so much better yeah. if Peter Jackson directed it. Hmm. That's 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 the the connection there. Okay, questions. Hit um, me. All right, questions. Um, Jack Black's character mm-hmm. at one point in time approaches Mackay Pfeiffer and Brandy as they are about to court in a hot tub. He pops up out of the water. No, they've I, already been courting. They're about to coit. coit. There you coit. go. <laughs> uh, Jack Black pops up com- from completely submerged out of the water, mm-hmm. smoking a joint. How is that joint lit? <laughs> These are the questions that I have. 
Well, he pops and then, and then no, as he, he's backing he pops up, up though, he pops up and he lights it right there. But as he's backing up though, he's dipping it in the water. He literally his hand is going completely under the water and then he continues to smoke it. I think you're just supposed I'm to bullshit. I think you're just supposed to assume that he's so high out of his mind <laughs> that he doesn't understand what's you know what? going on. I'll buy that. So I'll buy that's, that. that's that was, I I took um, issue with that too. The tanning bed scene. Yeah. They are literally freaking out that she is stuck in the tanning bed. Turn the bed because, off. Because it's because it's zip tie, a, a simple zip tie, mind you. They couldn't break with the brute strength or or uh, an axe a, for the most a, part. It was a pretty thick zip tie. Okay, unplug the bed. Just unplug it. Well, there was a <laughs> there was a dial right there. You could have just, just turned turn the off. dial down. <laughs> yeah, unplug it. She's turn burning it off. alive. It's turn the bed off. <laughs> I yep. I was just like, I what the fuck? Now you smash the handle off of a perfectly you, good tanning bed. You people are really Dicks. really dumb. Destruction um, of property. That's mean. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. My a couple other things here that I had. Um, and this is not questions. The questions are done with. Uh, parts that I liked. I love when the killer talks. Certain movies, when the killer is very ambiguous in a movie like this, and then mm-hmm. the end of the movie, suddenly he's like a real person mm-hmm. and he's talking, always creeps me out. And he does the, it in the first one too. The Hills Run Red is the greatest, and I know you'll oh, agree dude, with me, is the, the, is, the simple, is the single greatest example of that. It's the best. Um, and this movie at the end, you know, you finally get speaking lines I mean, he had him in the first one, too, a little well, bit. Had a, no, he had a lot in the you first know, one. But, I don't know, for this one, it was more effective for some strange reason, because there was more story to his character, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I like it, though. I like when the killer talks, when mm-hmm. he's silent for most of the movie, and then, like, the humanity sets in, and you realize everything this guy's done. Yeah. It's not because he's supernatural. Uh, <laughs> wink. Wink. Um, it, it, but, but he's really just a psychopath. But and to, I, and I but like to be clear, it's not always good... You know, like you'd never want to hear Jason talk. You'd never want to hear Michael Myers talk. No, but I with, know. But, but with s- a character, but with a character like this, yeah, it's cool well, when they're humanized. Very, because both those characters though are very much they're it's obvious they're supernatural. Yeah. At that point, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I like when you think they are, but well. then it turns out they're not because it makes everything else they do so super heinous. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, and this is just really funny, uh, at the very, very end of the movie, you have Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie uh, Mercury. Not Freddie Mercury. Wow. <laughs> you wish. Not Freddie Mercury. Freddie Prince Jr. Um, he walks up to uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Brandy's character is there talking, mm-hmm. and he walks up to him and in total potato fashion. He's just like, <laughs> hey, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It cracked me up <laughs> so much. So if you haven't seen this movie in a long time, you're going to go back and watch it. Just pay attention to that last like di- pit of dialogue from Freddie Prince Jr. It's just it's so spudly. I can't even... I don't know. It's amazing. I love yeah, it. That's great. Um, All right. Okay, come on. Let's. Okay. Uh, we we got we to gotta, we gotta bang out this third one real quick. Yeah. It, should, it shouldn't take too long. Because yeah. uh, there's uh, really... Spoiler alert. This is the worst movie ever made. Yeah. Okay, so from 2006, right? Uh, the end. The end. Yeah. Don't 2000, watch it. 2006, right? Is it? I think it's 2006. Yeah, I got a whole uh, Directed by Sylvan White. Here's the crazy thing about this. Sylvan White would go on to direct The Losers, which was that really awesome uh, indie superhero movie uh, starring uh, Chris Evans and the dude that plays Negan. I can never remember his name. Oh, yeah. Uh, um yeah, yep. everyone knows what we're talking about. Um, he would do, then do Stomp the Yard, which was a massive movie. Mm-hmm. And then he did the new Slenderman movie that came out last year. Oh, did he really? So this guy's going on to have a really, really good career. And it's ironic that Stomp the Yard is credited at his debut breakout when this movie came out the year before. 
So no. this movie is completely forgotten well, about. It's probably because he wants because to it's terrible. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, by the way, yeah, is Jeffrey the, Dean Morgan, the name yep. of the guy you were so looking for. He was, in fairness, though, Sylvan White was brought on two weeks before filming was to start. Oh. And had to basically redo everything hmm. when in two weeks. So casting, script, supervised, the whole, everything was done in two weeks. Okay. So that, I'll that give that of, a little bit. That kind of, yeah. Mm. That's a, but it's still I, Mandalay. I guess a little bit of it's but forgivable. But here's the thing, then. though. Mandalay Pictures, which was the production company that made the first two movies, still made this one. So the production value, mm -hmm. there's no excuse for it. Mm -hmm. It should have been fine, and it looks terrible. This movie looks like a low-budget, a bad low-budget like indie flick where they don't really know how to make a movie look good kind it of movie. It looks terrible. It and looks it, terrible. It looks terrible and it sounds terrible. I don't know if you picked the, up on this, but... I oh, was, yeah. I was, oh, the sound like, is awful. Well, like, I'd say 60% of the dialogue is ADR. Really bad ADR, Really bad. Too. The yeah, laughing, like the, the, like the laughing mix. in the ADR yeah. is the worst part about it. I'd love to show this one to, to Sleepy over here. because. <laughs> <laughs> 4 a.m., man. <laughs> we're, we're going a little late tonight, so yeah, we're trying. Sorry, we're sorry, trying. Where, where are we at? We're at, no, uh, time-wise, uh, we might wrap this up. It's 12.30 right now, and I've been rocking since 4, man, so I, I'm, I'm no, doing good. I'm, I'm proud of you. I didn't mean to call um, you out. I'm sorry. Adam I just, Green but I was Joe actually Lynch about to talk to you. So. 26 hours or 28 hours to yeah. go. Yeah, so. they're going to take shifts. No, they don't. They don't uh, sleep. But they probably sleep for like a day leading up to it. Not really. No? No, they both always talk about how they're coming. We're getting off topic here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to continue this. All right. This movie sucks. The <laughs> end. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah. You know, it looks terrible. It it sounds terrible. Like, I, I don't know how weird... you go from, in my opinion, making a superior sequel to the first one, how you go from that to this. I know there was a lot of time in between. There's almost 10 years. But, yeah. like... I don't understand why would you put the money into making a third sequel by the company that made the first two movies so, to have it look like this. So Maybe I, the technology I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. So now that I, I didn't realize realize that this came out in 2006, yeah. now that I know that, it makes it even worse. Yep, right? Because uh, this whole thing came across, well, okay, but... This was actually this was supposed to be set in. Was this supposed to be set only a year after the? No, I don't think so. No, I think I it was. I don't. I don't. They don't. They don't really establish a timeline. Uh, the only. The only oh, time. Oh no, no no no! They actually do say ten years. All that stuff that happened ten years ago. They, okay, so that being so this, said, this movie. No, oh, hold on. So so they do establish the fact that it's supposed to be happening ten years in the future. The whole thing looks like a '90s music video. Like that weird, yeah, kind of the weird jump cutty editing that oh, they did, so and like it's so, it, all well, of it looks like a fucking nineties video. The jump cutting editing, and we're kind of jumping around here. We'll get back to the story in a second, but like the jump cutting editing, though they use it. I don't want to say the word effectively, but they use it to um, to use it for dream sequences a lot in the beginning. Yeah. But then towards the end of the movie, they just use it during the action right. scene. So it's like. You have this look that is primarily used for, not primarily, always used for dream sequences. That's yeah. how you know you're in a dream sequence. These weird, trippy cutscenes that, I mean, they don't really work, but they're different than the rest of the movie. You either know that you're watching a dream sequence or, or you're a, watching the narrative. Or a Bush video. <laughs> right. <laughs> either one. <laughs> um, but towards the end of the movie, though, they use the same techniques of cutting and the flashing and all that stuff. Not good flashing. But um, you know, tits and stuff. Uh, but they 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 use it in the action scenes. 
they use the dream sequence editing in the action scenes at the yeah. end. It doesn't make any sense. No, and like, I don't zero know if, sense. I don't know if they were doing that because they were supposed they were trying to establish the fact that there was something supernatural happening here. I maybe it's but, possible. But the fact that you made this a supernatural the fact that you made the fisherman a supernatural entity to begin with is the wrong fucking choice. Uh, yeah, so the fisherman in this one the yeah, fact you that find you made out this movie is, to begin with yeah. is the wrong choice. Okay, real super 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 quick. You have uh Brooke Nevin who plays Amber, David uh Pikachu, uh, who plays Colby. <laughs> That's not his last name, but I don't give a shit. Uh, Tori Tori uh, DeVito plays Zoe, who she actually did go on to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, she's, uh, she's in... the only one I think that actually had a decent career after this. She's in, uh, I think, yeah, she's in Chicago. PD. Yeah, she's in the Chicago yeah. uh, series. Yep. Uh, you have Ben Easter that plays Lance, uh, Seth Packard who plays Roger. Um, you have uh, here's okay. So you wanted to know my connection between. The Halloween franchise. Yeah, in this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don Shanks played the fisherman in this movie. Don Shanks also played Michael Myers in Halloween Five. Oh, so hmm. there's your connection there. All right. So this son, this movie suddenly has credit. Oh, okay. This movie was really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything that I said earlier about this movie yeah, sucking no, no, is that's great. Yeah. Um, uh, we so didn't I, even it, just real quick. Uh, we didn't say this before. A group of teenagers in oh, Colorado sorry, yeah. find themselves being stalked and killed one by one by a mysterious figure with a hook exactly one year after they covered up a friend's accidental death. Yeah, so this movie has nothing to do with the original first two movies, which is crazy because there was a third movie that was uh, that was written <laughs> that returned Freddie Prince Jr., <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Brandy. Um, and it sat, <coughs> it was written and it sat around for too long. The studio lost interest and they rewrote the script into this. And why I don't, and if that, if that script exists, I want and to read it. if one of you out there can get a hold of us and tell us whether or not we can do this legally, we, <laughs> we will do a table reading of that original script. Yes. I know. I know what you did last supper. It's actually a dinner theater. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so basically, this movie has nothing to do with the original. It's all brand new characters, brand new everything mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, it, it opens up Except with the stupidest. The... The, we'll get there. Yeah. Stupidest storyline ever. A bunch of kids have a prank about the hook killer out in public, where there's real cops with real guns that could potentially kill them. Yeah. All to do a stupid skateboarding prank. <laughs> And somebody moves, uh, the, the skateboarder goes to the top of basically a parking structure, and the killer, like, chases him up there, and the guy is supposed to uh, skate, off skateboard, and land on crash pads. skateboard down half of this enclosure, fall off the edge, hit these pads, and everything's fine, and yeah. be on video. Um, here's the thing. The pads they're using are basically like those gym pads that you would have in high school that are about three inches thick. No. He would have been dead regardless no, if he they were, pads. No, they were crash pads. They were like they were like rock climbing crash pads. I don't know. For as high up but as he, he fell. But even still, think I don't of, buy it. even still, think about think about this. I didn't even think about this until right now. They go, Oh my god, who moved the pads? Or mattresses. I think they call them mattresses. Okay, so he could not fall on mattresses and survive. No, but 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 think about this. Uh if he had fallen where he fell, there would be no way to put the mattresses there because there was a tractor sitting there. Well, I think the idea is that they moved the mattresses to park the tractor. Oh, is that it? That's what I think okay. from Okay, all right. Um, the one thing that I will give this movie, there's zero CG as far as effects go. All the effects were practical. Um, and they looked halfway decent. I'll give it that. For a low-budget whatever the effects did look half decent the yeah. slip the the, the, the slit throats like a lot yeah. of the blood the impalements <laughs> they looked i'll give them that the, the sure. effects department did 
a decent job yeah. as far as that's concerned. But that is the only thing that I will <laughs> say that is good about this. Uh, um, the, the movie just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like no. nothing makes sense. They they basically say, oh, well, we know how he died, that it was a, a joke, and that the killer is not really real, and they're looking for another killer. We can't say anything for a year. A year later, they get a note, or I'm sorry, 50 text messages on a cell phone that says, I know what you did last summer. And the running theme of this movie is saying, I know what you did last summer oh, about a thousand times uh-huh. in this movie. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and they actually, they like actually, several different characters. And they actually it. make it a little bit different too. There's one point in time when they actually don't say, I know what you did last summer. It says, uh, oh God, what was it? Um, I still know. No, no, it's something that, uh, uh, I know what you're doing this summer. Oh, yeah. They leave a note on the sheriff's car, because they think the sheriff is the killer. They go, we, we know what you're doing this summer. Like, yeah. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? It's oh, so, God. and each character, whenever they say it, it's like the movie stops and it's, I know what you did last summer. Like, they make bum, it a bum, po- bum. They make it a point to like, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so it's bad. Really, really it's bad. so, so this, incredibly this bad. This felt like one of those instances where you just, like, you had a movie... Like uh, like several of the Hellraiser movies where you had another movie that was already written. Yeah. And then you were just like, you know, I think we could spin this into I Know What You Did Last Summer. Probably make a little extra money off of it. I don't, you know what though? That's I, what it felt like It's to what me. it felt like, but I don't actually think that's the case because this movie revolves around the idea of the theme. You know, but you could, but, but I don't know. But the fisherman has essentially at this point become an urban legend. Sure. So you could really just you could really you could base it on any any urban so legend. Write a write a guy with a hook movie and then change some dialogue. Or yeah, or a guy with so. a chainsaw movie or a guy with like in, like it switch switch out the outfit that he's wearing and switch out the hook that he used to kill people and it could literally be any other urban legend killer. That's true. No, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, this movie, there's, I don't know. We don't. There's, I don't. I don't. We don't need to talk yeah. about it too much. It's the acting was pretty bad. The uh, the storyline was atrocious. Why is there a band playing at two thirty in the morning in a barn? That's what I want to know. I've been yeah. in, I've been in bands for twenty years. Never played at two thirty in the morning practicing. Yeah. Never happened. Why is Why is that a thing? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and and I don't know. I I don't think that. Agents from LA typically go out to <laughs> bumfuck no. Colorado to watch you play one song. To by watch the way. you play one, one song one at a song. festival, and then ask you for your information so it that does, they can sign you. It does kill me, being that we have uh, we've done the whole music thing or whatever, and we kind of know how like local scene music stuff works. It always cracks me up when people try to write for that because mm-hmm. they always get it wrong. Yeah, they, it's like yeah. they have no idea what it's like to be a musician, like legitimate musician in like an independent scene. Like they're, no, they have no idea. They're banking on the fact that most of the viewers. Most of the viewers are also not musicians in yes. local scenes, so they don't really pick up on what's so stupid about those scenes. Yeah, here's here's my biggest pet peeve of this movie. Um, in the in the minute and a half that they do spend on referencing the other two movies, mm-hmm. the very loose reference where they're looking through these old newspaper clippings and mm-hmm. it tells the story of what happened in the first two movies, the the newspaper article says four teenagers slayed in the Bahamas. Only one of the people died of the four people that were in the Bahamas. Seriously? It's not even right. I didn't they even didn't, catch that. Yeah. They didn't even get their own mythology right oh. for the sequel. Oh, speaking it of... It doesn't make any sense. Speaking of which, you want to know where this movie lost me? Within the first... I mean, obviously within the first five minutes because of every reason, but here's... 
they were talking about the fisherman, the lore of the fisherman, and then one of the characters says, oh, so he's like Santa Claus, but he only comes for the naughty kids. And then one of the guy goes, one of the guys goes, no, he's more like Jack the Ripper, except for they never caught this guy. Does that sound, what, no, what's they, wrong with that? because they never caught Jack the Ripper. Exactly. I'm yeah. like, who the fuck wrote this? And who, like, if you're writing a horror movie, yeah. you should know that Jack the Ripper was and, never caught. Yeah, and so there's there's that, and then the, the whole part about it ignoring its own mythology, like, or not even ignoring it, it just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. That they literally, nobody gave a shit if this movie made sense. Mm-hmm. And then that pisses me off so much, because, like, just, it, it does not take that much time to just, just fucking do your research. Yeah. Did they even watch the other movies? Do, do you, your research. Do, do your research. Like, <laughs> like literally one out of the four kids on that island died. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yet four slain on the No, no, that's not how it happened. And there were far more than four people slain on that island. Well, of the teen it only said it's a teenager, so I'll I'll give it that that they're they're saying that it was the four teenagers on the island. Yeah, but still, that doesn't It does not make sense. At all. And then basically just to round this out, <sighs> the fisherman actually is back and he is some sort of ghost monster. No, yeah, he's all supernatural. Who, who, and who bleeds black and he's, he's got an ugly face. He's supposed to be the same character, but he's like supernatural be- yeah. because because the guy did it, he created his own mythology and now he's like a real mythological character. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? I guess in a way, Ugh. like I can I can. His under- face looks like, like a... Like a Dollar store uh Freddy Krueger. His face looks like uh <laughs> like Moonface from the um uh incident on and off a mountain road from Masters of Horror. Yeah, I can see That's that. That's what he looks like. He actually reminded me a lot of the creature from Jeepers Creepers too. For some strange reason. I think it was his coat and the fact that you don't really see his face and the big hat. Mm. He just really reminded me of that creature from Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Um I can see that. I don't know why. It just really, really reminded me yeah. of that. Um only other thing that I will say, they have the original hook from the original movie in this mm-hmm. movie, which is why supposedly that hook can hurt the the now, the monster, now yeah. demon monster or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, have they never seen movies before? You melt the hook down, you make bullets out of it, and you shoot the fucker. Yeah. Have they never seen movies? Come on. Come on. <laughs> okay, we don't I, I yeah, don't even I, want to spend more time on this because uh it's it's absolutely fucking terrible. Like yeah. this movie is is this an abomination. Is, this to, is a we usually we, everywhere. we usually say, and I'm I'm gonna say like we usually say, go watch it, see what you think, and I will tell you, I will say if you feel like you need to round out this trilogy, go watch this one. But I'd say you can skip it. Yeah, it's, like it's not. It wasn't only even, watch it if you are like a, a completionist that just kind of feels need to like me. Like I would have, I always did want to see this because yeah. I knew it existed. But like we paid to rent this, man. Which and I've come to find out it's on it's YouTube. On YouTube yeah. yeah, because yeah. Didn't I, check actually, there. I actually went to finish it today, and the rental had expired, so I had to finish it on YouTube. Would you have re-rented it though if you had to? No, fuck no. <laughs> I would have came here and asked you how it ended. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, that is I'll always know what you did last summer, and that is the I know what you did last summer yeah, trilogy so sort of. They've been talking about a remake for a while now. I was Mike Doherty, I believe, that was uh, attached to it. Yeah, I'd say leave, um, leave this one alone. No, I'm actually okay with it. I'm really? okay with. With a remake on this i, I really really am i think they could update it and it would be absolutely fine mm, i don't know jennifer love you can come play the person's mom because that's what they always do in these things whatever yeah, i'm not know. saying that it would be as good but, but i'm not opposed i'm not know. opposed to watching one this is the one i would say leave alone 
but I well, I'd actually say leave a lot of them alone, but whatever. Yeah. If it comes out, I'll watch it, of course. Oh, they're doing it. It's already in production. Oh, so. all right then. It's been for it's been for years. Mike Doherty has been. I I think it's Mike Doherty has been uh, behind it for years, and he's still attached to it. And he actually said something about it less than a year ago that it's still going on. So all right. he's finishing Godzilla right now. So maybe this will be the next project. Who knows? All right. But, um, yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, so that's it. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. You can find us on all uh, streaming services everywhere. If we're not there, tell us. We'll be there. Uh, you can also find us on. Um, we should try and get on Spotify sometime. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, if you uh, you can find us, us on you can find us on Jennifer Lumner Hewitt dot swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you want to find J Raj, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording, and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. Look at how he's sleeping. He just turns that on like some kind of master. Jeez Louise, what you do, man? Just a pro. All right, well, boys. That, uh, it uh, was fun. That was a franchise. And, um, yeah, we'll that see. That was some french fries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers. Try to have a good night.